Ward Cast, episode 80. Go. That's right. We're rebranding. Oh my god. To Wardcast. You you didn't tell us. Is that actual or Yeah, we are. Oh my god. Why are we rebranding, you might ask? Why are you rebranding? It does sound cool. Well, let me tell you, Will. It's because thank you, Sam. Because when you search Ward Podcast in iTunes, we are like the tenth result. God damn it. Behind the Heinz Ward podcast Uh. or the Ward Church podcast. So if you're really into football or Christianity. Maybe tune into those by searching Ward Podcast. But there's no Wardcast anymore. Or there wasn't one before, and now there is. That's we're exciting. The, we're the only result. I've always called you guys Wardcast. Yeah. By accident. I always called you Dylan's Podcast. Dylan's Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Rebrand again, Dylan's Podcast. <laughs> Gotta SEO the shit out of that one. <laughs> All right. So welcome back, Sam. Good to see you. Sam Lotion. Good to be here. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. How's how's everything going? Good. A uh, lot better recently. Yeah. It's good to hear. Yeah, things are great. When was the last time we had you on? Oh, man. It must have been like two months ago. Was it, was it before Raleigh? It was still cold. I think it was yeah, before it was before, Raleigh. It was, yeah, it was before PAX. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been a minute. It's, yeah. been, it's, been, it's been a minute or so. Well, welcome back. Thanks, man. Into the fold. Good to be here. Good. Will? Hey, what's up? Blank. Blamtam. Blayton. Plankton. 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 Bill Plankton. Billy Billy Lee Plankton. We'll go with that. Uh, how are you doing? Ugh. Keeping Aller- it together. Allergies, man. Hold strong. I'm gonna. Nature wants me dead. Is that Will guy? Again? I'm gonna send a tweet out, and it's gonna be like, if I'm dead in a week, it wasn't suicide. It was nature. But if it was in two weeks, yeah, then that's probably suicide. It was suicide. <laughs> You should just uh, run your car a bunch to accelerate global warming. Right. As a retaliation. <laughs> Against nature. Yeah. Chop down a tree. Eat my shit, nature. <laughs> and then, once more, Moment Con. I'm back. You're back. <laughs> he's he's here and he's ready to talk about why he calls it MGSV. Oh, I, I could talk about that. We do have time for We'd that. We'd be here. Do we have, what do we have? <laughs> 70 <laughs> minutes? 80 minutes? We have as much time as you want to take. So... Uh, I have no obligations the rest of the night, so we can go as late as we want, man. <laughs> I guess it depends on... The floor on, is yours. Uh, no, it, it, it's just what your audience wants to hear, you know? I'm telling them what they want to hear. They want to hear... They want to hear your best impression of Raiden. Oh, yeah. Also, the Raiden. Well, imp- I, I mean, only, he just has to speak. I only just discovered that I sound like Raiden. <laughs> How did I'm- you play through... You've played Metal Gear Solid okay, 2, well, right? Okay, you know... Your voice sounds different in your own head. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, because of the reverberations. Yeah. And, and even if it did sound like Raiden, you no one wants to sound like Raiden. Well, you don't sound, you don't <laughs> Damn, sound like the most obnoxious. <laughs> like, I'm sure if you, like, no one wants to sound threw like a it punk on, ass you could bitch. do the, yeah, the punk-ass bitch Raiden, but you just sound yeah. like regular Raiden. What it, what's which what's regular writing? Is that like revengeance writing? So yeah, he starts oh, off and he's pre- no, he's pretending to be like super bad. He's like snake here. And then he yeah, gets yeah. inside the place and they're like, we need to rename you Raiden. And he's just like, what? Okay. <laughs> so like you're in yeah. between the two. You're not like trying to sound badass, but I bet you could. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you could sound badass if you yeah. really tried moment. I, could, I mean, I could Re- try. Revengeance Raiden's the best one. 
I don't I, think, I don't know any lines from Revengeance. So. Me neither, like, off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll let her rip. Oh yeah. Let her rip. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god, it's perfect. It's so oh, weird. Keep with that sound bite. Like perfect. That <laughs> the uh uh, I was watching some Let's Play. I th- I'm pretty sure it's Giant Bomb because those are the only Let's Plays I watch of uh, Metal Gear Rising. And there's a part where there aren't they fighting like some politician or something? Oh uh, man, yeah. Who, like be- spoiler alert becomes a what? It's like a <laughs> three year old game. He- he's like an arms dealer or something. Is it, that's that's the gimmick. And he says, "Make America great again." Yeah, and they're yeah. just they're just taken aback. Like, oh god, this this game is so prescient. It really is. Hideo Kojima is actually all knowing. <laughs> About geopolitical situations. I mean, like everything that happened in U.S. politics is either an MGS2 or 4 or Rising. Nanomachines. Can't wait for the nanomachines to show up. I am. They're coming. They're definitely coming. PMCs. So why do you call it V? Uh, I feel So I feel like I explained this. You gave a preface. I gave a preface. Because what you said was... The main series is one, two, three, four, and then it's Peace Walker and Ground Zeroes. Ground Zeroes and, and, v. and V. Yeah. So there's Metal Gear is the series, and it's all one canon, right? But there's three distinct series in that canon. There is Metal Gear, the originals, Metal Gear Solid, and uh, well, Metal Gear Solid numbered, and Metal Gear Solid lettered. Okay. So Metal Gear one and two, those are one series. <laughs> MGS one two three four. That's another series. MGS Peace Walker, Ground Zeroes, and V are totally different series, right? So where does Ghost Babble fit into all this? It's, wasn't that like a remake of one? No, no. Maybe it's, that's part of the originals. That's part of the Metal Gear because it's like a two D. I think it's a non Kojima. A non Kojima. Because uh, I, I asked him about Acid last episode. Well, yeah, and he was like, like non canon. Acid didn't count. But I think Ghost Babble is canon. Also, I want to anyway. live in a world where the states of matter are solid and acid. <laughs> and no, solidus. And solidus. It's not a big um, Metal Gear fan or player. Is that right. in like a widely accepted theory or is that you're personal? I don't know if I've heard I, anyone else. I think it's accepted I, by one. I think he's yeah. spot on. Yeah. God damn it. All right. So we've got two. Yeah. <laughs> Conscribed. To the Church of V. So, so like, Revengeance, and anything that, that has, like, a subtitle like that, so, like, Revengeance, V, like, yeah, well, V has a Revengeance subtitle. Revengeance is Metal Gear Rising. I mean, I guess they all have subtitles, it's but not a, it's like a... It's not the, part of the... The fifth state of matter, Rising. I guess, yeah, I guess, I guess you could call Rising, like, the fourth series, quote-unquote, but it only is one game. So, right. if there's a Rising 2, that would be its own series. Oh, okay. man. Right. Um, so, it's like a one-off. Basically, I mean, my, it is a spin-off, my argument so. is, it's... Very much on purpose that it's called MGSV and not MGS. Not number five. five. Yeah, I think his attention to de- Kojima's attention to detail is, is too fine. Yeah, to, for that not to be a distinction, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. But what are the, what are the cannot like? What are the storytelling reasons for that? Okay, so the lettered MGSs are have a, so the story it's way less emphasized. Way less linear. Yeah, you have kind of like almost su- like sub episodic content. Like yeah, it's bite sized gameplay chunks. It's like open world almost. Yeah. But it's hard to call Peace Walker open in world. In the lettered ones. In the lettered ones, yeah. Peace Walker is not quite open world, but it's mostly episodic. for technolog- technological reasons. Is that the PSP PSV exactly. one? It has non linear yeah. gameplay though. Definitely. What's the other one? The other portable one. Portable like my favorite one. Portable, portable ops. ops. Portable That's ops. the one I'm thinking of. 
Um, and those are, those are similar port. gameplay, I think. Um, but yeah. I don't think they're canon. Well, port no, they are because that's when the whole pause thing comes into play, right? Because don't portal ops. No, she's in Peace Walker. Just doesn't have a campaign. Oh. It's just one no, of the missions. It does have a campaign. It does, Whoa. but I, I think that like <clears throat> I think that he kind of wasn't happy with it. Yeah. Well, it has a campaign like MGSV has a campaign, which is it doesn't. So Peace Walker so. feeds straight into V. No, Peace Walker is a prequel or it feeds in the ground zeros which then feeds in the in sure. five but peace walker was from the cold war era so yeah, it's but a so C- five uh no five v is <laughs> v is from like the 80s which is still a cold okay, war sure, sure sure but it's it's like the desert it's, yeah it's not peak the cold war like it's not russian cold War. it's it's not it's yeah like, like red scare type well, thing sort that's of is. It, because it's it takes place is, yeah, in yeah, afghanistan but, because in afghanistan was a front for the russians to basically true, like true, true, true. so so we're still kind of in the cold war if you look at it it's like, it's, it's like the the sun setting of the cold war we're, we're more like in a warm war where we're like fighting proxy battles with russia right now and so it's not the cold war it's it, not like the, the how the media views the cold war where it's just kind of like we're building weapons to compete against each other has everyone seen charlie wilson's war because i feel like that's a good stand-in for like what when metal gear solid 5 takes place no because that, no. that whole movie's about it's tom hanks he plays a senator or something and his whole purpose is to get resources to Afghanistan for the Afghani rebels to fight Russia. That's the entire plot of that mm. movie. So if you see that, the setting of Metal Gear Solid 5 makes a lot more sense because him being mm. in in Afghanistan fighting Russian troops. Right. Because that was an actual, like you were saying, an yeah. actual but, proxy but war. Also, like, like Metal Gear Solid doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, like, it doesn't. <laughs> but, I mean, like, but like... <laughs> Three and five make the most sense because they're grounded in more of a reality than well, one, two, four. This is the and best rising. thing about Metal Gear Solid is like, so the first one came out and it was like, I don't really get this that much, but it was kind of just like, uh, it's like The Rock, which is the greatest film ever made, uh, <laughs> where it's just kind of like an action movie. It has like a lot of action movie tropes and stuff. And then two comes out and nobody knows what's going on. And so that's when like the whole like the 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 kind of meme which is pretty ironic considering the 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 theme, the theme. of Metal Gear Solid 2 is memes the meme theme uh but the meme that like Metal Gear Solid makes no sense kind of started with MGS2 because like the stuff that happens in that game makes no sense from like the perspective of like a kid in the early 2000s. So the whole, cons- I mean, I guess I get that it, it all connects, right? Yeah. Like in, if you play everything and understand everything, then you can like build a timeline in your head. But for someone, for someone like me who like, I've played just like a smattering of the games. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, what it's is impenetrable. this? Yeah. Oh. yeah. It's just the most <laughs> I've, opaque I've thing. I've played less of that and I'm not even like, what is this? And we're like, this is stupid. Well, for, for, for how nonsensical the plot and writing is it makes a surprising amount of sense yeah it's very intricate it's uh, yeah i'm sure it can yeah. in in um uh, engross you once you, you wa- stare at the sun long enough exactly yeah to you go, do to like go blind mgs3 i remember i probably had to play it five times before christ really understanding it but it's great because it it uh you know it encourages that kind of replayability watching watching all that all that stuff with mgs the series is like what I'm seeing this week. You're seeing a lot of articles this week about the Fast and Furious series because eight's coming out. Oh yeah, yeah. The end of the week, and people are like, "All right, we're gonna have our rankings of like the best 
of best to worst, best <laughs> and the furious. And we're going to tell you like why it's so like there's this big Vox article about like Tokyo Drift number one. Yeah, Bas- totally. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> but no, that they go into the whole like, look, okay, so there was one and that was kind of like, you know, that was like a cool racing movie, uh, undercover cop movie. And then two is garbage. And then three uh, had takes place in Tokyo, but it takes place in the future. And then, spoiler alert, Han dies at the end. But then all the movies after that take place before three. And, like, people are just getting so into the minutia of Fast and the Furious that they, like, forget that it's, like, a dumb action movie franchise. I had some friends that are way into it, and I got them to, like, explain it to me once. And it's essentially, like, they tricked, like, really manly men into liking a soap opera, it seems like. Because I was like, what's the deal with, like, these movies? Like, doesn't, like, just, like, fast cars, like... Yeah, how does this not get old? Yeah. Fast cars go fast. I get it. But they're like, no, no, let me explain it to you. And like 15 minutes later, they're like, and then so-and-so betrays his family and dates <laughs> so-and-so. And I'm just like, you're just describing like, this is like so Days of our lives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's like the bad camera shots and like the zoom in like, oh. Yeah. And so it's that with like fast cars. So like. The fast car dressing is sweet though. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's also because it reinvents itself so much. Because like it's a racing film now, it's a heist film now. It's this or that or it's right. like, dude. I'm not gonna lie. In the in the trailer for the newest one, they've got that shot where they're like fucking around with the torpedo that's like skimming across <laughs> the top of the ice, and I was like, well, I'm, pay- I'm gonna go pay money to see that. <laughs> that's crazy. They're drifting like submarines and stuff. Yeah, apparently like, that- it's not even cars anymore. You're right. Yeah, it's like it's like underwater a- military vehicle. And it was like yeah, it was some home V <laughs> like home V with like spikes on the tread, so it's going across the ice ice sheet. Yeah. Fast and the Furious twelve is going to be like they'll be like drifting galaxies. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. going around Just suns. The scales yeah. is going up. The, they uh, do like practical effects, right? For most of the things. Yes, too. yes, they do. That's yeah. what that's the kind of big thing they bank on is doing practical effects. Speaking of scaling up, great segue, Will. <laughs> Sam, tell me about everything. Ooh, Moen should talk about this too. Because oh. we we like he he got on his PS4, um, and we like played it for the first time. Like, is it only a PS4 romantic. game? Um, or is it PC? It's, right now it's it is. Only, I think it's it only just PS4, came out PC. right? It came it, out on PC twenty first. I don't know what day it is, but it comes out on the seventeenth. I don't know. If that's before or after now. <laughs> but uh, before look or after up the day, what? like today. Oh, today's the twelfth. Okay, so it's not oh, out yet. Shit, or the thirteenth. Yeah. Well. Um, Man, that's it's it's like actually a hard game to talk about, and I feel like I'm honestly not totally qualified to talk about it yet because we didn't. There's play a, a lot we yeah. didn't get. Like there's there's it seems there's like a lot of systems that are kind of buried. Did you become turd um, yet? No. Okay. No, I think I think. Um, okay, so so quick overview of what everything is. Uh, what is everything? It, okay, yeah, it's it's, it's very toy like in nature. Uh, it's by the guy who made pe- Mountain. Yes. Yeah, I forget that guy's name. He's he's like not a game developer first. He's like done movies and stuff. Yeah. And other sorts of art. Um He's like an animator, right? Uh maybe? Yes, I think so. But he's like coming he's coming to game from like a, a totally external perspective to games, which is kind of cool. Um and it's a game, it's it's very toy like, so so there's no fail state. Um and you just kind of dick around and do different stuff. Um and you're just kind of doing what pleases you or seems interesting at the moment and then that gets boring and you move on to do something else um the main mechanic in the game is that you can be any like inanimate object or animate object like anything that you see you can generally be like inhabit that thing and control it Uh uh-huh um 
So you can be a blade of grass and then there'd be like a rabbit or something walking by and you can transition over to being a rabbit. Um, and based on your size, if you're, if like the game has layers mm-hmm. of scale. So if like you're in like the rabbit scale, um, and then you graduate up to like a bigger animal, like an elephant or something, um, you can ascend and then you become like a tree. You can ascend. Right. Uh, and the, it's like the next layer above that is like land masses. And then you're like driving a land mass around. Right. Yeah, I saw um, that. And that goes all the way up to galaxies and all the way down to like subatomic level. Well, it doesn't because um, it doesn't stop at galaxies because isn't the next le- level like abstract shapes or is that the lowest level? Um, well, loop, that's the question. Good, good question. Yeah. So that I don't know that like I don't want to say a whole lot about that because that was a pretty beautiful thing when I like discovered because I didn't know that that's how it worked. Okay. Um, And when I discovered it, it was pretty cool. Uh. But yeah, there's some other stuff you can do. Like you can, um, you can like create groups of objects. Like, like think of like a school of fish, except it's just like whatever. Um, uh, and you can, you can scale things up or down. I think my, one of the, my favorite things I did is I created a group of like hot air balloons and like flew through a cell with them, like inside of a cell with like other, like, like little, like molecules and yeah, just like a, like a, like a whole like thing of hot air balloons. And that was pretty yeah, so at any scale, you can you'll see stuff that's normally at that scale, but you can transform your current object into right. anything else. Into any scale, right? So like, huh. you can have a galaxy yeah. inside the cell scale. I didn't, I, I didn't know that. I didn't see yeah. that part. And then you can like, it's like crazy. Like you can go inside the galaxy oh. itself. And there's a guy like spouting philosophy. Yeah, so it's it's um, made in partnership with the Alan Watts Project. So if you're familiar with Alan Watts, he's a philosopher whose most famous work is from like the 60s and 70s. He's dead now. Yes. Yeah. Alan Watts is dead. Um, is he like a psychedelic philosopher uh, like pontificating about nothing really? Or I mean, I think so, I, th- I think that would be like demeaning it somewhat. Like, so like a Timothy Leary kind of character? Well, okay. So he's, he's, he was very into Buddhism and tried, to apply, and tried to apply Buddhist principles to like Western philosophy. Okay. That seems very 60s and 70s. Not yeah, discounting it, it, that. It is. It is. Yeah. Like you have to, it is kind of like that. Uh, it is, is it, kind of heady in that like '60s way, you know, '60s like, Zen Buddhism, right, right, right. Um, but it's definitely not over the top, and there's definitely uh, um, good content. You know, like it, it's authentic and feels yeah. and feels yeah. uh meaningful, and like it could improve your life. So yeah, like like the stuff, the 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 lines that they had that they were had voiceover for, like yeah, it didn't sound like that they were making fun of it, or that it just sound like nonsense, or that any of that sound like oh here's some philosophic rhetoric that someone wrote yeah yeah that gets gets you thinking Mm -hmm. well it's interesting because like sam said it's it's such a toy kind of thing there's no um the mechanics aren't opinionated or anything it doesn't lead you to do anything right but yet the whole experience is very like it's it's got a message that's trying to deliver and it's got like it has an opinion and you can like disagree with it or agree with it or whatever, and you can learn from it. Right. Um, and basically, it's like Alan Watts style Buddhism philosophy. Like that's what it's trying to teach, but it's so open ended. Yeah, I kind of went through like stages of like comparing this to other games because my first time I was like, oh, it's like Goat Simulator. You wait, you played it? No, I've seen I've seen oh, gameplay okay, yeah. of it, or I've seen let's plays of it. Yeah, and then I and then I kept watching, and I was like, oh, it's like Flow. Or the way you guys mm-hmm. are describing it sounds a lot like flow or flower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where it's not trying to impose right objectives onto you. And now I don't really, 
know what it is. I mean, like, I feel like the most apt comparison you can make to this game is Mountain. Yeah, that's the only other yeah. game that immediately jumps to mind where it's like we're not imposing any sort of. I think it's in- it's intensely unique. Yeah, like yeah. it's overwhelming how unique it's. The it's game kind of is. unfair to put like a it's this with it like when I like when right. I when I first started <laughs> when I first played I was guns. like it's Katamari meets Spore and I was like mm, like like after playing it for a while it's like that's unfair because the, both those games still have like goals that the game pushes you t- you towards and they're about like growing the mechanics have right. like yeah um limits that you can't see at first right whereas like uh uh everything all the mechanics you can like you can see the limits and the mechanics from the outset and so it's just sort of like what you can do within within that right. co- those constraints what that you makes want it interesting. to do right basically right um because it does keep track of like how many of a phylum or whatever that you've unlocked or yeah of yeah. each category of thing is yeah. that all it's keeping track of uh that's an excellent question i don't I like i don't know how the game like monitors you i know that you unlock stuff simply by encountering it so you just get lucky with the world generator like and then you can spawn that thing in other places Got later it. on i've heard there's like puzzles almost but it's like abstract i don't know we played i don't know it's, how many hours yeah. we played but we haven't gotten there's no um very far there's like no interface there's like this little dot that I do contains like, all the information at the top but there's no yeah. like Go to go here. I do like the minimal interface of yeah. the kind of chimes and just abstract shapes to ascend and descend. Yeah, I did like that. Mm-hmm. I would I say, that considering the philosophy of the game, that it's a an anti role playing game. Mm. Because if you're playing a role, you're kind of embodying a thing, and I think the point of this is to like disembody yourself from being a thing. And kind of be everything. I think that's a well. I think it's a good point because if you stop playing the game, if you don't touch the control for like thirty seconds, it will start playing itself. Which, um, I think, is to say that there's something poetic about that. It's yeah. it's saying that you are not playing the game. Really, you might just be like observing it, or you're like part of the game, but you're not the player. You're a player, maybe. Right. I don't know. Well, it's like it's it's like you you inhabit the game for like a little while, just mm-hmm. like you inhabit some mm-hmm. other stuff for a little mm-hmm. while until there the, it gets old, right? Because mm-hmm. the I, the whole idea that the game is trying to present is that you are the universe, right? And so you just inhabit things that whatever whim makes sense to you. Like right. there's no it's it's all an accident. Like it's just there's there's no plan. I guess it's kind of what it seems cool. How much is it? Twenty dollars. 15. 15? Yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. yeah. I, would, I would give it a shot. I bought friggin' Mirror's Edge Catalyst for $10 on the clearance rack. I still haven't opened it. So, I mean, yeah. I'm not against trying stuff out. I still played Catalyst, but I listen to the soundtrack like on a semi regular basis. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kind of branching off of something you mentioned before. I want to, what's the general room's vibe of comparing games to other games? Because I kind of saw different flavors of that at Pixel Fest this past weekend. Of I, like, I do it a lot. But do you like it having done to your work? I, th- I think so. I don't, I don't think see a reason with yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like... It has no- to be good comparison. Uh. Thoughtful comparison. <laughs> Clash Club Turbo is like Flappy Bird with pucks. Yeah. I mean, if you can make an argument for that, sure, but... I was talking about it with the uh, with the Black Emperor developer uh-huh. at MagFest about, about sort of that, and it's like nothing's original anymore so you just sort of get inspired by their shit and 
put things together and you know you you create new stuff by by collaging other artistic concepts i mean it's like music like like uh like no one like if you're in a metal band you can't say we're not making metal or something you know like like yeah you're going to get compared to other other bands and other styles and like whatever genre you like land closest to or whatever right you know what about you will what's your feeling I think it's fun, like, the ways that people do it. Like, uh, I'm trying to remember, like, maybe at the Smithsonian, the um, Indie Arcade Arcade last year, maybe two, I don't know, a million years ago. Uh Uh-huh. When we had Redshift, Blue Shift there, it was like, uh, people were like, oh, it's like Pong meets Galaga. And then, like... So that's funny just because it's just like those are just two video games that like people that don't really play video games know about, you know? Right. And then at MAGFest, people are like, oh, it's like Ikaruga meets Alleyway or something. Like, <laughs> so it's just like it's funny to see like people comparing it with like their own. Like you can tell a lot about a person by what, what they reference. Yeah. Yeah. It's like um, Sam wanted me to check out for peak. Wanted me to check out. Was it run gun, jump gun? Uh huh. And then someone, people have made the comparisons to like Monument Valley in terms of the art style. Jeremy from uh, from Midnight Status who runs Pixel Fest, he made the comparison uh, to Runbow, which is like a Wii game that's now on the PC. Oh, yeah. It kind of has the same mm. infinite runner color swapping idea behind it. And it's good because it allows you to then go, if you haven't played those games, like Sam showed me, Run Gun, Jump Gun, and now I have an idea of how that works and how I could adapt some of the stuff that is not yet in my game from run gun jump gun into my game to right. make it better so yeah so so i like it too but i i, I laugh sometimes because i think some people kind of turn their nose up at having their games compared to to other games oh yeah well yeah, it's you just pull yourself back if you like steal relentlessly mm-hmm. you know you should steal everything steal like an artist yeah yeah so like clash cup turbo people compare it to wind jammers for example yeah which is like in terms of like selling copies, that's probably the best comparison to make, probably. Um, but I don't actually like Windjammers that much. And there's like mechanics in Windjammers that I don't like and specifically keep out of Clash Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of comparison, it's like, it's like a bittersweet comparison. Right. But it's a popular game. But I'd also- say Clash Cup Turbo is kind of like the Dark Souls of Windjammer clones. Oh, would you say that? <laughs> <laughs> It's also interesting what people don't say about your stuff. Like, like, um, like what you expect them to say. Okay. Well, like, like, uh, silent earth is like very clearly missile command, <clears throat> like very inspired by that, but it's also super inspired by geometry wars, mm-hmm. but because the, you, you feel the missile command part so hard, like you, like no one ever mentions, like draws the geometry wars connection, even though it's like, that's how the waves work and everything. Right. <clears throat> so yeah, I think it's definitely interesting when people like, like what maybe is making it a new thing is just like a really simple thing that people aren't noticing. Have you met someone who like really doesn't like the comparison? No, like not, not as vehemently opposed to it, but uh, I said this on the, on the PAX uh, podcast, not, not, not our panel, but the podcast I did with the instant replay guys, but I went it up in, pl- I didn't even play it. I did talk to one of the devs who's working on uh, tooth and tail. Just mm-hmm. the new Monaco devs. It's uh, what are they? Pocket Watch, the Monaco guys. Oh um, yeah, their new one is called Tooth and Tail, and it's like an isometric 
uh, real-time strategy game, but it involves hero units. Mm-hmm. So instead of like just have you just being like a faceless commander with a cursor on the screen, you are in <coughs> control, direct control of a unit that has to run around to all the the resources, everything, and assign unit production and things like that. I was looking, I was like, oh, this looks really cool, and it has a very red wall inspired mm-hmm. feel to it because they're all mice and other anthropomorphic animals. And I said, oh, this is like the what brutal legend was trying to do in the latter half of their game with all the real-time strategy stuff but never really accomplished because the older over the shoulder third person mechanics didn't really jive well with the real-time strategy stuff that you're trying to put mm-hmm. into it and he kind of winced at that or he kind of like brushed it off or something i don't know if he enjoyed the comparison to brutal legend maybe because he doesn't like brutal legend or because it just didn't just didn't gel with the way he perceived his game or Man, i would love to be compared to brutal legend that game sure but, <laughs> but I think, but yeah, no, like, I get you. Like Moen was saying, is it like it's kind of a bittersweet thing because I mean, Brutal Legend. I think anything Tim Schafer makes is respected, but doesn't really sell well, right? So it's kind of like a poison pill that you don't really want to take. So it's like, uh, right. I also made the mistake. I thought they were the 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 Rogue Legacy devs. I was oh, like, no. oh, I love uh, Rogue Legacy, and they're <laughs> like, oh, we didn't make that. I was like, well, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> I did that. And then you came back like 15 minutes later with a fake mustache. (laughs) So tell me about your game. Well, yeah, honestly, as a rule, I do try not to make direct comparisons to other games, um, to other devs. Yeah. Because I have seen devs get offended by that. And like, I've, I've had bad comparisons too. So what I'll do is like, um, a specific mechanic in a game, maybe, or a specific effect. I'll be like, oh, that reminds me of whatever. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. And devs usually like those kinds of comparisons. But if you want to say, like, on a, a broader comparison, that's I, I try to stay away from that. And maybe that was it. Maybe I was painting with too broad a brush and yeah. didn't, really, didn't really like that. I uh, I also asked them what they're working, what their engine was. And they're still using XNA. Oh. And I was like, what? Not even mono game? I, I think he said XNA with, like, some packages or plugins yeah. or extra third-party open source stuff, like, it still works. Sewn onto it. Yeah. And he goes, he like points over to the super giant booth. He's like, they're still using XNA. And I was like, are you fucking, what? What, what is going on? That's crazy. They're Stick like, to what you know. They're the last bastions of Uh-oh. XNA. Uh, you're just saving that one up. <laughs> it just came to me. It came to me in a dream. <laughs> I mean, the same time, like, I, I'm, I don't know. You can't really get offended when someone's like, wow, this game is so like, just like says like paints it with a really broad brush and it's like whatever. Cause that's like a consumer, right? Like they think that that's a valid opinion, you right. know, like they, but I think I, the I dev think it's to dev. Yeah. Dev yeah. to dev is different. Maybe podcaster to dev might be, you might expect a little deeper criticism, but right. if it's just some dude playing your game, then yeah. I feel like most yeah. first look articles get that out of the way, like right off the bat too. So. The what? The very like, surface level comparisons? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot how I introduced myself. I think I was like, hey, we're doing a panel. Because it was Friday that I talked to him. Um, but yeah. All right, Sam. Also, tell me about Rain World. Oh, shit. Oh. Um, I like Rain World a lot. Tell me about uh, Cat Slugs. I, I, played it, I played it a little bit right before I came over here just so I could be like Do you fresh. like it only because other people hate it? 
That's part of it. Okay. <laughs> Certainly. So do you hate Zelda because other people like it? Is yes. that how this, how this rule works? Yes. That's, yeah, see, that's, that's why Sam doesn't like Zelda. I legitimately don't like Zelda. I, well, I mean, I okay. Z- Z- I have gripes with Zelda, but I also don't like it because other people... I, I don't like it because too many people like it. No, I get it. I'm, I'm kind of like that. I have to be a video game hipster. Gotta be um, against the grain. No, uh, I get why people don't like Grain World. Uh, I think it's totally valid criticism, um, and I think that it's particularly sorry particularly my kind of game um what is it okay so i know nothing about it so if we're doing like broad strokes games comparisons right uh it's the dark souls of no it's not it's way more stalker than dark souls okay and i think have i talked about stalker on the podcast yes yeah yeah, yeah. that can go for hours but it's it's basically um the you haven't talked in depth about stalker like you have you have shown your appreciation for it well stalker stalker is known for not having um, any handholding whatsoever. There's just like whole mechanics that they don't explain or like tell you, and they just wait for you to figure it out. And, like they, and they give you missions that like use it so no, that Zelda you might handholds. like, you know, like bump your head <laughs> on the mechanics and like, you know, and, and like learn it and interact with it. But you could go through the whole game without learning that, for example, uh, I mean, this isn't really a mechanic, but like that vodka heals your radiation poisoning in Stalker, right? Like a lot okay. of people just never figure that out. Um, and, uh, the, uh, so Rain World's like largely the same way where they just don't tell you stuff. Um, they, uh, the, all the, the, there is a tutorial and all you really get is like, here's how the movement works and here's how to pick stuff up and here's how you like climb things. Right. So what's and the then, mechanic? It's a, what is, what is it? What is Rain World? What is Rain World? Right. So I'm getting into it. Oh, I'm it's, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's, 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 it's a side scroller where you have, it, it's a Metroidvania, right? And, uh, you have, instead of like, like the save points have in Metro and, and, uh, in you know castlevania like metroidvanias Mm -hmm. um they're like safe houses sort of where you can you like go in them and you go to sleep and you're safe from the world because there's this rain that shows up every i don't i actually don't know how long it takes it's like after after some amount of time um like the the game will gray out and they'll start rumbling and there's this like insane like massively driving rain that falls down okay hence rain world right and that's what it kills you so you have to be in in one of those save points um to not die so the whole world's more or less on a timer okay um and that's what the main just that timer no okay no you just like the like you'll hear some rumbling and like you'll see the clouds in the background start moving faster and stuff and you're like shit i gotta go um so that's basically the game loop is like like uh I, I'm running around um, and and then it starts, you know, it'll start to storm and then you have to go find a save point. More right. often than not, and I think I think uh, it frustrates me is that that'll kill you, that you don't get enough of a warning. Um, yeah. Is that, does that kind of sum up the identity of the game enough or do you need... Do you well, need- uh, so, so what's... So it's Metroidvania and do you have like a... Sh- so it's just platforming? Yeah, just sh- platforming. And you get to carry stuff around with you. Uh-huh. Um, there is a bunch of systems that aren't exposed at all like that i that i don't understand yet like i just um i just got to this one area where there's like uh there's all these like they're called scavengers um and they'll they'll run they'll they'll kill you um on on site but if there's one dude that has that like lives in a hut that looks like them um called a trader um, and he just looks at you and won't kill you, but I don't know how to trade with him. And you can also kill him, but then all the other dudes show up and kill you. And they just don't explain any of that. So what's the combat? Is it like 
you have oh, like you a... throw stuff. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. You throw stuff. Yeah. That, that was where yeah. I was confused. I was like, okay, there's platforming and yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. You are things you can, that like you can pick arc? up like little rocks and shit. Uh-huh. Um, and then you can also get spears and spears, uh, will kill some things in one hit. Uh, so most things in like two hits and occasionally like there's some, some monsters. It's just like, it would be impossible to kill. But so it's a roguelike where if you die, you lose your progress or is it? Um, it's, it's it's a Metroidvania, right? So you just you get reset to the last time you saved. Okay, all right. right. But that so also includes very... like the map, right? Ah, uh, okay. so you have to like learn it, which is so, which is crazy. So it's just a brutally difficult Metroidvania. Yeah, it's an insanely difficult Metroidvania, and it's like it's super super opaque. Um, the a big thing about this game is that it's got uh like all the movement of the Slugcat character that you play and all the other characters are like um all done computationally. Um, and so they, they all look really cool and they all have like all these like, um, like verlet particle joints that like grab onto stuff and like look insane. Um, and they all have like really complex AI, but it also means that you just get like hung up on random shit sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not this like pixel perfect platforming experience that I feel like people are used to. Right. Especially um, in something like a Metroidvania, I feel like. Right. Right. Where it's like, where most of the platforming is done in like a space station where it's like, you know like all 45 degree angles on everything and right. you know really easy to see what you're doing. So why why don't people like it? Uh people don't like it because it is like opaquely difficult. Um it doesn't explain anything to you uh and there are a lot of bullshit deaths. Hmm. Um I think the platforming while it's not frustrating for me uh I cuz I like how like tactile it is, right? Um I think the platforming would really piss off some people um, because it does feel like if like, if you don't know exactly what he's doing, it's like you, you like there was, there was one time when I was learning how to play it and this thing was chasing me and uh, I was trying to go into this hole that actually led somewhere, but I ended up going into a hole next to it. That was just like five feet deep or something. And the thing like pulled me out of the hole and killed me. And it was like, clearly, all right. Like the player intent was, I want to go in there and I tried to jump in there like twice and like missed it and went in the other other place both times um now that that like that kind of weird platforming stuff doesn't really happen to me anymore but i can see that really setting the tone in a bad way for somebody who's like just starting to play really doesn't like that sort of thing so there's kind of a a vagueness in terms of um whose fault it is right when you die yeah whereas something like super meat boy you're kind of vague. it's very obvious right when it's your fault yeah it's it yeah Totally. Super Meat Boy feels super fair and this game doesn't feel super fair, but I'm kind of okay with that. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It, I will say also it is like freaking beautiful. It Just the mood in that game is killer. I've literally only seen like five seconds of this game. Right. So I might be totally off, but it kind of feels like Nidhogg. It's like that level of sprite detail. Yeah, it's yeah, it's I mean, it's insane. A lot of the sprites are done um, like a lot of the art assets are done like computationally um like i was saying earlier like where it's just drawn um at runtime instead of being like a background or something like that um and that's really cool there's all the there's all this like beautiful effects in the background like masking for the clouds and stuff that are like passing overhead and like yeah it just it looks insane. cool um but you like it a lot yeah i like it because it's really unforgiving and it's like um i think i think i told lauren i said that it it made me feel like like I hate Echo the Dolphin now. 
like okay. as as far as games go but it made me feel like the first time i played that when i was a kid which uh-huh. was really cool because it's very difficult and very scary and very like very mysterious um that's a dream and i think game, right? uh that's a that's a that's a uh genesis game oh um, so i think i think what the, the the allure that that uh rain world has for me is it's like just insane levels of mystery and like um the mood it's just like some it's like something you want to be in um and i think that if it were an easier game it wouldn't have that yeah but that was sort of a rant but no i uh, you know i like rain, rain I, world I, I i i knew nothing about it, so i wanted to i wanted to it's really good you should play it um it's totally not for everyone and i get why it's getting like five out of tens and shit like seems kind of harsh given that we gave gave a you know mechanically flawed game like 10 out of 10s just a little bit ago but yeah do you want to no express opinions on no. <laughs> i don't want to talk about breath of the wild said mechanically flawed <laughs> game all right that's fine oh man i'm surrounded by breath of the breath wild, of wild haters <laughs> yeah it's three against one it's, i'm the only one who actually played it i played it you played it okay. yeah i feel like i've probably watched more that of it than I like. Will watches games. He it looks play games. it looks awesome when someone else is playing it, and They're then you touch really. it, it and it's terrible. Like, it looks like shit. But <laughs> it's, it's it's worse when you touch it. Ah, I, I like it. I can't <laughs> wait. That said, I haven't haven't gone back to it in like a week. We can have. Rain World's a better game. Just gonna have <laughs> objectively. Persona Five is a better game. That's what you want to talk about. And that? Near Automata. Do you do you have any? Have you played anything else, Sam? Uh, I've been playing The Witness again. Oh yeah. Did yeah. you never beat it? Uh, no, but like, it was really weird. And I don't know if this is because I've had time to think about the game or something, but, um, so I played it when it first came out and I, I got into the mountain and then there were some really hard puzzles and I just, I just lost interest or something else came out and I just started playing something else. But, and the mountain's the last, last like phase of the game. Um, yeah, basically. Yeah. Is that there's where a lot the- more stuff you can do, but like, yeah. Is that where all the light goes to? Yeah. That's all other- the lasers. Okay. Yeah. Um, you've heard. We unlock the divine beast. I don't want to lasers. Have you played the witness? No, I haven't. Holy shit! I've, okay, I haven't. I bought it that in that humble bundle. I don't know if do you want. Do you want me to spoil some shit about no, the no, game for no, you? No, no, no. I'll, okay, I'll. All right. Well, I'll I'll play it and then be mildly disappointed, just like I was at the end of Braid. I was like, this isn't making sense. I'll just put it this way: there is some there is some content in the game that I knew about, uh-huh. that I had done a little bit of, um, but didn't. I don't know. I started playing the game and I was able to find that content like everywhere. And did you w- start from scratch? Yeah. On your second? Uh-huh. Yeah, I started. Yeah. And it just like. Did you find. Like popping out. There's like, a really good. Everywhere. D- there's a really good one like right in the beginning. So. There's a lot. Finishing the game recontextualizes it in a second playthrough basically. Well, I never no, finished it. it. There is a, a moment that happens that recontextualizes the game, but it's not at the end. Okay. Right. Um, And I, you I mean, I had you, that moment the first time I played through, right? Exactly. But I hadn't. It you didn't go back to the original starting location. Well, no, no. I mean, I was walking through one area, and it was just like, "Holy crap!" Like, yeah, yeah. This is all. This is all over the place. And so I'm. Just, I don't like, know how not to spoil like, it. No, no, no. Um, there's like nothing in the game that isn't that. Basically. Right. <laughs> yeah, and you. So you have the one realization where you like realize, okay, that's a thing, and then you have. I feel like there's like a second tier realization where you know that, like, oh my god, this is just like everywhere. It's like in plain in plain view, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's that's what well, happened did, to me my second. Do, do you time. remember in a at practice um, last year? 
I forgot who's giving their talk, but they were like, "Oh, uh, uh, Vi Hart." Yeah, yeah. Vi Hart was giving the talk, yeah. and she's like, "Oh yeah, so you know when you play a game, um, like you do, yeah, there's like things like in a do. game that are very repetitive, and then you you start to look for those things in the game because it trains you to look for those things, right? And then when you're in real life, you start to see those things. Um, and she was like, "Just look at the ceiling for anyone who's played The Witness." And everyone started laughing. So it was like, so everyone in that room had played The Witness. Yeah, dude, you should. Um, I, I, you need to play that game. Someone polishing my gigantic polishing. Like, why did I buy Mirror's Edge Catalyst? I was like, it's only ten dollars. <laughs> and now, is I, I played the demo. Of that it's good. Mirror, Mirror's Edge. I yeah. played when it was free on um, Origin, and it was good. The PC uh, performance is pretty bad, though. Oh, I have the PS4 version. So. Oh, okay, should, should be fine. Um, it's just I realized this because. Like, I still haven't beaten The Witcher 3. I don't want to. I still haven't beaten Mafia 3. Oh, I gave up. I don't want to. Uh, what, what's the other one? I played, like, maybe four hours of MGS5, and I really want to get back to that. So there's, like, a lot of games, and they're all in, still installed on my PC. But right. I'm, I'm trying to figure out a better way for me to play games. And I think it's less of... Because I, when, when I see a game that I really want, I go out and buy it, and... Then I play a little bit of it, and then something else comes out, and then I, I tr- uh, transition to that. And I think I need to be better about picking my battles in terms mm-hmm. of which games I purchase. Because, like, Persona 5, Nier Automata, um, Neo to a certain extent, Horizon Zero Dawn, like, those have all come out this year, and I want to play them all. But I need to be, and, you know. Horizon uh, Zero Dawn sucks. Don't play that game. <laughs> and, um,. Uh, uh, Middle Earth Shadow of War is probably going to be one of my mm-hmm. favorite games this year because yeah. I really like the first one. Um, so I think I just need to be more strategic about which games I play throughout the course of the year since my time is limited, since I'm working on stuff. So I'm trying to make games in my spare time instead of play games in my spare time. Yep. So I think Breath of the Wild is like the one where it's like, all right, and I want to I want to see this through to the end. Right. And then once I do that, I want to find my next full arc of what I want to play completely. So it might be The Witness, or it might be, I don't know, one of the other dozens of games I still have in my yeah. Steam library that I haven't touched yet. I feel like you get a lot out of The Witness being like someone making a puzzle game. I, th- I think you should play like four hours or so of it, at but least. But if I play four hours, I'm going to feel super guilty that I didn't play. No, okay, so here... I didn't complete that's it. That's the secret, though. Like, you don't need to finish games. And if you do need to finish games, you're not. You're going to play like three games a year. And I think Especially because it's also where I am. open world. But I'm also, just accept that you can like just ditch a game once it gets boring. Or Uncharted like, Four. Yeah, came with my PS4. I bought Last of Us Remastered, um, and I haven't. I've gotten like maybe five hours in both of those, and those are like legitimately interesting games. That I really like the narrative of, but then I just kind of, I don't lose interest. Yeah, the I only just, games I've ever beat are games like that where it's like a beginning, middle, end arc. Right. You know, like, so so something like the but, witness, I wouldn't I wouldn't feel bad if I only played four hours of it because the narrative is very abstract. Yeah. Right. Whereas something more explicit like an Uncharted or a Mafia Three or something like that, I do feel guilty about not going back to. So like I'll get I'll get short games, like two hour games and maybe some indie games, and I'll I'll play maybe thirty minutes, an hour, and it'll it'll just I feel like I ha- I've experienced all the game has to offer, basically. Uh-huh. And then I'll just like drop it. But then a game like Dark Souls three comes out which is like 60 hours long, and I'll just play it for 60 hours because it's so captivating. And same with like Nier just, Automata. Just like Breath of the Wild. It's well, so captivating. Breath of the Wild, I played <laughs> I played a solid 16 hours before I was like, you know, I'm probably, 
I've probably got, it's probably enough of this game. And then I was coming on the podcast and I was like, I should probably do a dungeon. And then that was actually a really good thing to do because I realized there aren't actually dungeons. So it yeah. actually made me like the game less. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm like done at 18 hours. I feel like no reason to go back to the game. Breath of the Wild? But yeah. Or like Night in the Woods, I started, I think before mm. I went to PAX. And I really like Night in the Woods. I think I played like an hour and a half of it. And I want to go back to that. So I'll probably go back to Night in the Woods after I finish Zelda. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. There's a uh, basically a rock band minigame in Night in the Woods that's really funny because <laughs> it's just like four talking heads and then like a, a note highway in the middle. Mm. You're just playing the song because like the character is like the bassist and they're like shitty friend band. It's pretty good. The good parts of that. Oh, game. I think Lauren, t- Lauren started playing Night in the Woods. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And she told me about that part. It's pretty the good. Game looks I good. really like the art in that game. Yeah. That's Finji, right? That just yes. put that out. Yeah, yes. yeah. They published it. It was uh, uh, Infinite Ammo. It was Infinite Ammo guy. I forgot his real name, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so anything else, Sam? Did you say no? Haven't been playing anything else. I don't think so. No. Yeah, I think that's it. Will. Uh, I started another game of Dark Souls. Dark Souls <laughs> one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How's that going? Will looks miserable. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> Not because of Dark Souls, because of his. <laughs> How about that new DLC for three? I haven't. I haven't played the what? I'm not really oh, into two, three. and so I haven't. I haven't played three. three is yet. really good. Yeah, it's made I've by played three a little bit at a friend's house, but um, three. Miyaz- it's made by Miyazaki himself. So, so yeah, his name uh, is Miyazaki. No, no. <laughs> I. Um, That's also the. Stew, two was guy. Is it what? Isn't, two's the B team. Isn't yeah? Two's the B team. But isn't Miyazaki some other guy too? Yeah, Miyazaki is the studio Ghibli, Ghibli guy. Okay. Yeah. Just want to make sure. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of funny if you think about them as the same person. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's just smoking a cigarette. Because the Ghibli games Miyazaki like hates video games. I think. I can see it. But wait, isn't yeah. Nino Kuni a Studio Ghibli game? Like, wasn't that animated by? Studio you can Ghibli? tell yeah. it's not Probably Miyazaki. Because Disney though. was like, you guys need to have a game studio. Because yeah. it worked out so well for Disney. Yeah, I, gu- I guarantee Miyazaki thinks that game looks like garbage. Yeah. It does, kind of. It does look like garbage. The new one looks way better. I haven't seen it. I don't know. I want to see someone, like, I want to see, like, what they're doing with Cuphead. Like, oh, I want to yeah, see yeah. someone yes. do that in, like, a in like a Studio Ghibli style. Like, that would be Isn't that nuts. Well, well, I think that, so Cuphead is riffing on an animation style that's very friendly towards game development, I think. Yeah. Where it's just kind of, like flat backgrounds yeah and then dynamic and characters also there's so many frames there's no loops in a miyazaki movie no it's yeah. i think it's too detailed to ask yeah. someone to make a game with yeah they're way the animation can be way too fluid in most anime or I mean, anime films i but would say doesn't the new legend of zelda game look just like a miyazaki <laughs> film <laughs> yeah especially the blurry textures and <laughs> yeah and that, the that like social. weird muddy faces yeah. because they I, I love it. in a Miyazaki so I my, movie. I mean I need my clean faces mod for Breath of the Wild. I, I love in a Miyazaki movie when you get to the top of a of a mountain and you look down at the forest and there's three trees. Oh the, I love gorgeous. That. <laughs> so good. But yeah, so I started so Dark, a new Souls. Dark Souls game and I was like, you know, I really so I have all these ideas for fun runs I want to do, but I was just like, I need to get back into it normal style. So I'm I want to do like a new game plus seven run. Uh, so it's not like any, there's no, there's no huge challenges I'm putting on myself except for to beat the game like seven how'd, times. How'd your Zelda themed run go? 
I haven't done it yet. Oh, okay. It's that was too much. A pro- a I'm like too burnt out on Zelda talk to like think about it. But um, I've I've decided I want to do a sorcerer build because I always just do like, oh, this is my strong dude. This is my dex dude. But I've never done like a faith build or a sorcerer build or anything. So uh, I'm learning sorceries, and it's just like. It's amazing how easy it makes some parts and how insanely difficult other parts are. Can your can your guy like take no damage? Yeah, he like a he's one like hit kill kind of guy. A total wuss. He can't. He can like run for like fifteen feet before he's <laughs> winded. Like glass cannon. Yeah, he's it's terrible. But like, yeah, he's he's like destroying people with crazy magic. So it's pretty fun. It's a totally different way of playing it. Cool. Uh, anything else? Nah, I haven't played. I haven't gone back to play any more MGS two or Castlevania. What was the, what's the subtitle for that MGS two version you play? Sons of Liberty. No, but substance. Like, substance. So how does substance work? How do re releases where they have both a number and a subtitle? Well, it's, it's, Twin it's, Snakes. It's definitely a number. Is not canonical. Yeah, uh, Twin Snakes is not canonical. But MGS two Sons of Liberty that has a subtitle. I guess it's. I guess it's Guns of the Patriots. Yeah, guns snake, eater. snake eater guns. They all have subtitles. I forgot they all had subtitles, but they have numbers as That's well. That's right. That's right. Okay, so whatever comes first. So it's so like no, you're, no, no. So the game is not Sons of Liberty. String dot compares, and then Metal Gear Solid, and then if the next thing is either a integer or a string. No, no, no. look, like <laughs> the game is not Sons of Liberty. It's MGS two. Got it. Okay. It's, yeah. Right. Just making it's, sure. Just it's cl- very simple. It's <laughs> very simple. <laughs> just clarifying the theory. <laughs> Uh, what have you been playing, Moen? Tell me uh, about Nier Automata. I just finished Automata. Nier, and it's kind of like everything where there's so I don't want to spoil anything. How many endings did you get? Oh, um, I don't know, like eight. Wait, what letters were they? A A B C D E G H W W. I think it's it. Ooh, Jeez. yeah. There's 26 endings, but right. most of them are joke endings. Yeah, isn't there one? Well, oh, I won't go into it. Never mind. That's next on my list near. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, it's really good. I want to talk to people about it, but I don't want to spoil anything. Like That's fair. Bayo just came out on PC. Yeah, you get that, that Bayo? I, well, I have the Wii U version, which is a really good version already. So Of Bayonetta 1? Yeah. Huh. I'm wondering if I should play it. But apparently it's this one. It's really good. I love Rising, yeah. but I feel like. I'm too much of a plebe for Bayonetta. Platinum number one. No, like yeah. Bay- Bayonetta is the best. Is, is that the ranking? Yeah. Game in that genre. Platinum, ever platinum number one. Yeah. Was platinum number two. I like Vanquish. I hear people talking about Vanquish all the time. I love Vanquish. Oh my god, what a what a diamond in the rough Vanquish is. Uh apparently the PC version has 4K support. Not that matters. Of Vanquish? Uh, no, of Bayonetta. Uh. There's no PC Vanquish. I was gonna say what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what people are asking for. Now there's a, a PC version of Bayonetta. Like, all right. I mean, yeah, they can just do it and like, hey, free money. Well, when we move to our new place, I'm gonna like build a 4K computer. Yeah, dude. Get Bayonetta. What's the what's the minimum like graphics card you need for that? Like a 980? I don't know. 1080. 1080. I yeah, like 1080. how they stopped with the 1080s and the P's and the I's and just went with how much it's gonna cost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, that's actually funny because a 1080 is not that expensive. No. It's like, was it 400? No, 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 it's like well, 600 Mine's still in the car. 600. Mine's like $300. I mean, last I checked, they were. I'm still on a yeah. 970. It works great. Oh, we're talking about... Oh, I thought you meant 1080 like, P television. Yeah, I was, but... 
You mean you mean graphics card? I, I I threw in that graphics card you gave me, and my computer wouldn't start because <laughs> of the power draw. I don't know. Oh. It was like a weird error that didn't have anything to do with the graphics card. That's weird. And like I debugged all this other stuff and was like, like uh, <laughs> clearing the BIOS RAM from my hard drive, and, I, <laughs> and then I was just like. Well, I mean, the only thing I changed was this video card. Let's see. And it was like, yeah. I'm sorry, dude. That's cool. What was it? it which one did I give it. you? Seven, the 750 Ti? Yeah, I think so. I was working. I don't know why it's not working anymore. It's probably just my shitty computer. Huh. Who knows? Because what's really cool about that card is, so like my motherboard crapped out, but it was, I didn't know it was my motherboard. So I like replaced everything in my computer. Um, and I bought a 750 Ti and it has no external power draw. Pulls all the power off the, off mo- the PCI off the mobile. Slot. Yeah. That's awesome. It was pretty cool. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. That's cool. Maybe, maybe something else. I don't know. It was like marginally better than my card. So I was like, oh, well, maybe I could have like played something at a higher setting. But yeah, that card served me well. I had that. And then some one of my coworkers gave me a 760. But I never bothered putting it in. And I just bought Mason's 960. And I just skipped right to that. So I think I gave Kirk. 960 is still good. A 760. Yeah. No, that's great. great card. Yeah. Uh, Persona 5. Moment. I couldn't play until after Pixel Fest. Um, and it's been like two days. Uh-huh. And I think I've played 10 hours so far, which is pretty good mm-hmm. considering a full-time job, etc. I hear you can't talk past July 7th or yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm not there yet, so I'll... Uh, I'm waiting to see what happens there. Anyone have any opinions on that? On the streaming restrictions for Persona? You heard about that? So I think it's like more no, I didn't restrictive because I'm in like right at the beginning of the game and a big banner pops up and says you can't take screenshots of this. Yeah. Well, like for like a lot of it's very locked down. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know what the specifics or are. Or what? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you going to do about it? Uh, file a DMC report, I guess. I yeah, don't know. I mean, I don't know. A screenshot, really? I mean, I understand the streaming because that's a little more. Um, that's that's a that's a little more easy for them to tackle, but you can't take Persona Five screenshots, really. Yeah, they they shut say out. That, like, like PS4 has like the features that you can a game can block. Yeah, the operating system screenshot. The Netflix does that because I um because there's a switch you have to flip because I have an Elgato for to oh, yeah. record off consoles, but you have to flip the switch and the OS layer of the ps4 but when you flip that switch you can't use like any of the streaming services or anything like that right because it's like turning off some sort of dmca blocker or something i don't know but yeah i do think it's cool that a game would just straight up tell you rather than be like you buy a game and then you stream it or something and then people get mad or whatever or you get banned or something yeah so yeah i think it's stupid but like it's better that a game is like upright like in the game like don't do this yeah, it just seems very behind the times. Yeah. It's like, like you said, Sam, it's like you only do so much to block against it. And the only people yeah. you're actually punishing are people that are actually interested in your game. Yeah, it's pun- you're punishing your consumers. Like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah th- I don't know. That's frustrating. Yeah. I actually didn't. I mean, I'd, I'd heard that, I heard that you couldn't stream it, but not the, um, not the uh, screenshot business. That's yeah. crazy. Well, it's really funny with the, like I was saying with the date, like there's a I specific. I might not buy that game now. <laughs> there's a specific in-game date. Uh-huh. You can't like stream past. Is this to try and protect from spoilers? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I think it's mostly for stories reasons. 
that's I, okay. So I can kind of get that because it's like obviously the narrative hook is like the reason you'd get Persona. Like, like it's it's not like uh, like that's the main thing the game is selling is the story that's in the game. Right? Yeah. Um, I know, but like like you say, it's, it feels very anti-consumer. Well, I, th- I think they saw yeah. like if you look up, you know, Persona Four. Let's but they're play trying to be pro-consumer because they don't want to, to spoil for anybody. So it's also like. No, I don't think I, I don't the, think that part's pro consumer because yeah, but there's so many let's plays of the previous games. Right. They know that's like they're losing sales, quote unquote. And, and, so do you think it's and United spoil, was trying to be pro consumer so that people have to buy it to find out for themselves. Exactly. That's well, also just really because I, I didn't even think that would be the first option because that's because, so dumb. Like not not that you think it's dumb, but yeah. like no, um, I know not that you're dumb. I, just, for I, that. I think they've seen how many let's plays of Persona Four there are, and they yeah. want to cut that out for five. It just seems very. I I don't know what what the Twitch scene is like in Japan, but it does yeah. seem very like Eastern. I think it's developers. Very, I think it's pretty. Who published pretty it again? As Atlas, I think did yeah, Sega Atlas. publish it? I know Atlas. I think developed. Atlas did it all. Okay. Time. Yeah. Um, because there's a really good um. Did you get have I, any of you guys read that Glixel article where they interviewed Peter Moore? No. As um, so they interviewed him right because he's leaving EA. Uh-huh. Or, I mean, is that where he is right now? EA? Yeah. He's leaving EA uh, because he's going to be the CEO of the Liverpool Football Club, which he's from Liverpool. So he's, like, really excited about this. But Glixel interviewed him about, like, his history, like, being in the uh, games industry. And originally he was, like, at Adidas and had, like, a marketing position at Adidas. And they moved to Sega of America. And they moved to Microsoft. And they moved to EA. When he was at Sega, he was basically the one responsible for bringing the Dreamcast to to the U.S., Mm-hmm. And then he was also the responsible for making the um, call to like literally calling the the press to tell them that they were canceling the Dreamcast or like they were no longer uh, producing it and mm-hmm. that they were going to permanently be a third party publisher. And then he and then they were trying to like after they did that, they were trying to like figure out Sega's image right as a third party publisher so he did this market test where he did all these uh, uh, focus tests of what people thought of all these different brands um, like Microsoft and oh you like and that. Tyler were talking about this yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. sorry so, so there's a part where he uh, he asked people what do they think of like Sega or Sonic the Hedgehog things like that and the and the focus group I think was specifically like 15 to 18 year olds and they're like oh that's like your grandfather's uh, video games like mm-hmm. no one cares about that, and they recorded it, and then he flew out to Japan and showed the the brass at Japan, the 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 focus testing and said like we need to adapt because this was the onset of like the PS2 and the PS2 had these uh, better graphics, so games like GTA 3 were becoming more realistic, mm-hmm. and Sega's focus was very like you know, Jet Grind Radio, Sonic the Hedgehog, um, games like that. So he's like we need to adapt, and the creator of Sonic freaked out at him he said you doctored this video um <laughs> like you you made like this isn't real people don't think that about our things and apparently that like hit a nerve with him like that he was told that he faked footage to like prove a point so he <laughs> turns to the translator and goes tell him the fuck off and the translator just like looks at him he's like uh there's no expression for that in japanese <laughs> he's like i know there is <laughs> and then he like left jesus christ but i forget oh so the point of that is like I think there are still parts where, like, the Japanese market and the Western market can be like this too, but the Japanese market is very, like, behind the curve. And people say that all the time with, with Nintendo, like, Nintendo still hasn't figured out the internet or things like that. I don't, I, yeah, but at the same time, I don't think DRM is a behind the curve thing. I mean, like, 
all the games last, like all the big releases last year, MGSV being a big, big one, had Denuvo. You know, like like. But, but DRM versus like blocking streaming is that the same thing? Like, did MGS Five do that? Um, I mean, th- I don't think it did. They're both. I mean, and this is broad strokes, right? But they're both means of preserving, um, preserving the profit profitability of a game for longer, right? Okay. And at least that's what that's what like like what Moment said they're trying to do with Persona 5 in this case is like reduce the streaming so that people don't get spoiled so people actually have to buy it and that way they're it makes more money for a longer period of time. And any any DRM like like uh Inside had had Denuvo um is just designed to in, like keep the peak of sales lasting longer before you know people start pirating it. Okay. Well, well so in Persona 5's case, this game is like a super modern. It's probably like one of the most modern feeling games ever in terms of story and theme and whatever. Right. Like they definitely know these issues of like DRM and stuff. And I'm sure at some point in the game, they'll like make fourth wall breaking references mm-hmm. to it. And then your um, PS4 will bl- shut down. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's what happens on July 7th. I don't know. But, um, well, <laughs> Bricks all the PS4s. It is interesting though, because Persona 5 has been out in Japan for months. Right. And I have not heard a single spoiler, the slightest, most minor spoiler. But did they have the same streaming I assu- restrictions? I assume so. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's what Atlas has been doing or if it's just, you know... I mean, I people, feel like it's, it's people a business just don't person wanna, decision. People just don't want to spoil the game, but like, I feel like I, I hear more spoilers about a game like this. Did they put out any sort of like, any sort of response to this? Like, if... Mm. I feel like they, they, they never said, it's like, we're doing this to make sure people have a, like pure experience with it or that they go in without having anything spoiled for them. I think they were just like, uh, these are our rules. You're going to follow that. I mean, if you're talking about what is more Eastern versus Western, I would say that, yeah, like being more opaque like that is, um, more their style probably. So, I mean, I think if they, if they put some sort of statement out that justified this, yeah, maybe, maybe that would, that would calm waters more, but I don't know. Seems weird. I don't. I don't think people yeah, I mean, are I, too. I, I'm okay with it in that they're like lifting it. the ban eventually. Like that's kind of cool. Um, that's what oh, they, are they. That's I. That's I thought that's what you just said. I no. I he's know. saying oh. that. Yeah. No one knows. No one knows what happens. Well, yeah, okay. No. Well, if they are, that would be cool because <laughs> that's what they did with uh, Doom and uh, Inside, as far as Denuvo goes. As mm-hmm. after the game like started to um, to dip to Dragon Tail a little bit, um, they uh, they just took off all the DRM. Hmm. it's like that's kind of cool yeah not so that people could pirate it but like the problem with the problem with drm is that it's it's bad from like a, a preservation standpoint um especially uh with the way like the nouveau works and stuff like that it's like if, if technology changes drastically in the future you wouldn't be able to play a nouveau game again um and so i think that's why they did it just as like an ethical an ethical standpoint Okay, so it'd be cool if Persona 5 did the same thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, if they eventually lift the restriction, it's not a big deal to me. Yeah, I think I think a key point is um, it takes, like, 10 years to make a Persona game. So Feels like it. They probably want sales during all that time. Yeah. I don't think they're going to lift it. Uh, but do you like it? We haven't really actually talked about the game. Oh, yeah. It's like... The biggest flaw I found so far is that there's no analog stick control in the UI. Oh, so you have to use D-pad. Oh, yeah. that's, that's some purest really? shit. That's yeah. 
That's hilarious. That's the worst thing I have. <laughs> what is like if that's the biggest flaw you can pl- complain about? It must be a pretty good game. Yeah, I feel like it is. I feel like I've, heard, I've heard great things. What's about interesting Persona. because I was actually surprised by it because I've played Persona three and four, and those games they have really awesome presentation and style, unique style, but they're not like uh, Uncharted four or even like Dark Souls or Zelda, like dripping with with presentation quality, right? Um, it's just a unique style. And then seeing all this Persona 5 stuff for, what, like four years, all the trailers and stuff were oozing with that AAA quality. So I was kind of expecting that getting to the game. But playing the game, it I, I realized, like, no, it's the same as the others. It it has It's like rough around the edges. Animations are kind of stiff because there's like a million animations. Um, so it's it's still got that Persona charm that, like, the not so super polished AAA charm, mm. which I like. It was just surprising to me because I was expecting it to be all super dripping with this. That's what I would have thought Listening. based on what I saw too. Yeah. Like just l- one look at the UI and you're like, wow. Right. Yeah, yeah, what's the deal with that UI? No, the UI is... I'm not saying it's bad. It's the best... Like, I don't know. The it's, combat it's UI magical. like, if, it's like freaking... with the weird hard angles. It yeah. like, looks like, like shattered window pane glass. So like I've been playing around with it and... um. Basically, like, it's like there's three colors in the game, black, white, black, and red. Uh-huh. Um, so, what that means is they don't need to use textures. Okay. Which is important because they can just do vector art everywhere. So, right. like, instead of drawing a, a square with, like, a border as a texture, they'll just do four vertices for the square. Oh, and just fill it? And then just fill it with the color. And once you have that, you can animate the vertices very easily. Ah. So, that's, like, the whole UI. And so, like, like, animating it in, like, After Effects and, like, importing it or whatever. Exactly. So, it's not hard-coded. They just, like, I don't know if it's, like, a shader or what, but they just randomly animate the corners of text boxes so it looks like... You know, someone's speaking, it's got like this action. And then if they have like a circle, that's like a cloud, they'll have it like animating and like moving. And it's cool. a very mathematical, like energetic kind of animation that you don't get with. Man, I would love that. Um, does, the frame slug by cat, frame. does the slug cat from Rain World show up with his computational animations? Yeah, so like, like, I mean, it's probably a similar feel to Rain right. World. Yeah, I, I mean, that's a, it's Silent, Silent Earth is animated like that. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm super, in, I'm super into that like um, kind of look. It's interesting because it's not, it's really cool because it's not just, they're not just dumping style. They're not like, oh, I had this cool idea for an effect. Let's just throw it in the game. Like everything in the game is still readable. The UI is still intuitive and readable. It's still super responsive. Like there's all these transitions between menus. But if you like press X and then circle real quick to go back, like it it works. Um, so they, they put so much care into the actual feel of the menu as well mm-hmm. as the style. Which is why it works so well. Hmm. Um, like, for example, um, this is one of my favorites, but like, there's a bunch of lists in the game. It's an RPG, so it's like 90% lists. Okay. And when you're scrolling down a list, um, to highlight your current item, there's like the background changes color. And it's got this like kinetic diagonal kind of square. So it like looks really cool. Okay. But the text itself that's selected doesn't move. Like, they could have easily put some cool animation on the text, but you have to actually read the text, right? right? So, it's not overdone. Exactly. So, it's, like, just enough style to make it look cool, but not enough to be annoying. And that's, like, a really... I love when I they can hit that affordance. That like, that... Exactly. Yeah, that's that's nice. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's, it's, interesting, it's interesting seeing how far they can go with flashy style without killing the usability. Like, they go so far. That's cool. Yeah.
I've seen that that I, I assume it's the combat UI where it's like gun and sword. Exactly. Yeah. The uh that's really angular. I saw someone like take a screenshot somehow through their black magic, uh, avoiding the DMCA, and they photoshopped everything out except for all of the red vector art and then the UI. And people have just been putting that just oh, yeah, on yeah. everything. They put yeah. it on Steve Carell's character from Anchorman where he's like has the trident. Yeah. And they put it on everything. <laughs> it's so memeable. It's amazing. It's good. But see, like the battle uh, system is a good example because you see in the meme, you just see the red cool stylish. But when you play the game, there's like a bunch of really new awesome mechanics too. Like uh, it's kind of like a Pokemon system. So... Enemies are weak to certain elements. Okay. Um, and you have a whole list of personas that you can choose with different abilities, similar to Pokemon. So uh, what you can do is press R1, and it'll look at all the current enemies and see if you have any persona that has a, uh, a skill that they're weak to. Mm. And it'll automatically select that, automatically choose a skill, and automatically select the care the enemy. Oh, uh, it's so streamlined. So you can, like, you can, like, skip so much of the, the menu hunting. Um but it still gives you all the control and like the strategy. And that's like, you can't really see that just in the UI, but when you play the game, there's like so many things like that that just make it feel better. Cool. You guys remember on the PS3, there was like a couple of big like demo scene things. Uh, I think like um, Farbrush made one. And, yeah, Farbrush did make one. Um, and then there was that other one. They made the one where it was like some crazy, you know, geometrical shape snake thing flying through a city or whatever that yeah that's like the cube it's like on a subway at first and then the yeah it's like yeah that's um debris is what i'm, that one's I'm so lost what are we talking and about then- <laughs> demo scene stuff somehow <laughs> well actually you guys were just talking about like mathematical you yeah. know shape the UI. game does have a very demo scene kind of feel to it I'm st- is demo scene an art style? Is demo scene yeah? What demo is- scene's like the original game jam? It's like a genre yeah. of computer program. It's like a it's like a it's kind of like a big pissing contest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. You just try to make cool effects. Okay, with very little resources. Got it. There's usually like a limitation on the files. So like, there's like a, oh, a lot of like 64k demo scene. Yes. Like yes. competitions and Got stuff it. like the 64k like game jam where it's like make a game in that yeah got it except for this is usually they're usually just like wizards of like shading shaders and compression are shaders like overall usually like not that large no it's just no, I mean, it's just all text there's no yeah. art there's no like art assets there's no like rasterized or serialized data um, it's just shaders just define yeah. mathematical functions right and then you can input, you can use an input, you can have like an image as an input, like a huge texture, or you can just have it raw, just like no inputs. Maybe you have like the pixel position on the screen right. as an input, uh-huh. and that's like zero KB, that's like free. Okay. Um, so if you define all your shaders using pixel screen position, that's you can get a very free. tiny. Yeah, like it's, it's, way, it's way smaller to define and light a cube with uh, a shader than it is to... Then it would be to even have like a screenshot of that cube, right? Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. A screenshot has a lot of data. Yeah. Because each right. pixel has yeah, data. Yeah, it has to be defined. But the cube itself is like just vectors. Yeah, yeah. All it's you're like just, just describing a mathematical and cube. Edges. Eight right. points. Right. That's it. Got yeah. it. 
God, I'm so glad I'm friends with you guys <laughs> but yeah, to like, walk me through this shit. Are there any like cool demo scene people doing game stuff now? Like Hijiro. I mean, like the the bound the bound guys. Ooh, bound looks yeah, so like, good. That just that game is insane. Um, I forget the team that made it. Some of them were in Farbrush. I'm pretty sure. Mm. Um, but it's like all made by all demo scene people. It's from the UK, I think. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful PS4 game. Is it out? I don't think so. Wait, Is Sony just like into these boys? Probably. Cell processing, man. They were at. They were at. Um, they were in the Sony booth at Indiecade last year. Well, it is like um, the PS4 is like a good platform to make demos for. So very cheap, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. Very, very uh, PC like. Yeah. I always Makes wanted sense. to make music for demo scene projects let's start a demo scene so music is the same way right like you can have a music file yeah (laughs) or you could just code or you generate like a a midi or something yeah or even more complex music just mathematically i'll send you there's my favorite one is debris and it's by that group we've been talking about farbrush uh-huh um i'll send you a link to you later um you can either download i'll send you like the executable and you just run it on your computer but it's like it's like some malware yeah it's like 60 kilobytes or something like really tiny um and it's like i think that that video has got to be like six or seven minutes long of just like oh so it's not it's not like getting destroyed yeah okay i mean sometimes they're they're interactive interactive. but most of the times they're just like movies it's like have you ever seen a shader toy on on the browser Mm, it's like a place where you can go and put shaders and stuff and i mean i've seen the ones that you've made (laughs) yeah okay so those are kind of those are demos basically It's kind of like, I always thought it was a lot, a lot like graffiti, but on the computer. Because oh. there's like scenes and there's like different groups and they're like competitive and dirty digital graffiti. Yeah, it's very like cyberpunk. Implant, put the chip in your head and then you see the digital graffiti. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, well, I mean, they're kind of like graffiti too, because it's like these yeah, like lifeless. remarkable pieces oh, of God. art. But like, it's also like plastered with greets and names and stuff. It's like very underground, yeah. Very counterculture. I wish I'd been around for that. Like I was too young when demo scene was like a thing. Yeah. So moment showing me this this thing on his phone. It's like a kaleidoscope, basically that responds to was this the gyroscope, basically. Yeah, gyroscope. And it's like changing. So that's like that is like I don't even know one KB maybe. Really? It's got like no data in it. Wow. It's all math. And this is is this on your browser? Is this on that's on the browser phone browser? It's so cool that phone browsers can access the accelerometer. I yeah. know. I'm so I'm so impressed by that. More people should use it. The uh, the outline like their their before they launched that that was their their site was just a landing page and it had like a bunch of 3D like O's just floating through space and you could you could shake the phone around and then move real faster. It was basically That's awesome. The the phone was like a a viewport and you rotate it to change the angle of the viewing. Yeah, I mean that's really easy to do. It's just like the WebGL canvas. I'm still making things, breaking things. In Angular right now, so I've Uh-oh. I've been trying to build a website for my game. Um, is it's, that what you were asking much, me about? Yeah, it's pretty much done. Um, I got that the thing I asked you about getting the getting the the video to work right. I got it working right. Um, and it looks pretty good now. And you're uh, setting it as like a background image. Yeah. So so up until recently, and I think it's just iOS 10. They they didn't allow um you to play videos inline. Um, okay. On a phone, uh, or on iOS devices. 
but you can now. But what I was messing, having trouble with earlier was, um, I, I hit up Moment about this too because it was, I was just so frustrated. Um, I did he help you? Did he fix it? No, Moment was like, just fix it. That's what he said. <laughs> That's what you do. <laughs> I love how to the point Moment can be when people ask you oh, for help. Oh, great. I was like, yeah, I'm being a baby about this. I'll just go ask. Whatever. Um, and, you know, what's nice is that having the ability to ask help. Yeah. Like, um, at work, I'm I'm the only guy, so I'm just like, well, we're gonna fucking figure this out. Yeah, and so I I like I have a pretty limited knowledge of web dev, um, so I I didn't realize that it was just how I had the page set up, but it wasn't like it wasn't responding to any CSS like that video. It was right. just like in the corner. It's like, what are you doing? Um, but I fixed it, and the site looks pretty good. It it, it looks like actually I might still have it on my browser. If I can pull it up. Yeah, so. Um, for some reason it's frozen, but it looks like the game. So, oh, okay. So you want video plays in the background and I just put UI elements that animate like the game's UI over top. Tap them. They're just links to take you. Yeah. It's just follow us. Yeah. It's just, it's just one button that says follow us and it goes to the, did you have a silent earth site before? Or was it just remote games? It was remote games with a big freaking blog, um, that I updated maybe once every three or four months and like, just like didn't i don't know i wanted to condense it to something way more minimal and like and like to the point yeah um like single page something that will sell the game because i'm i'm way more interested in in the brand of silent earth and the games brand than i am remote games um i don't really care if people attach an identity to us super hard Mm -hmm. i just want them to care about the game that we're selling so i want to make something that pushes that a lot harder um and is not such a big fucking mess like the like with the blog and everything that i have to keep up with because that's like a full-time job by itself. Yeah. yeah. As you know. Yes. That's why I do a <laughs> podcast. Because then I can just like just riff for two hours. And like, right. Here's, here's, here's this is basically a blog. You go. Yeah. But really, it's just a landing page for you to follow me on Twitter. So cool. twitter.com slash Sam Lotion. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll link to that in the description. Speaking of domains, uh, Momen, house, yeah. how's Indie.house? All right. Check this out. I'm going to show. I'm not going to show it to the people on here, but well, press enter. Which one's enter? The, the, che- the check mark. User Boom. experience is poor. Oh, nice. What? Well, so right now it just redirects to RVA Game Jam. Right. But, but I, th- is there a landing page? There's not a landing page, but, then, but I have it. Indie.house. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, he meant press enter for your keypad. Okay. Is it dot H-A-U-S? Dot H-A-U-S. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. You <laughs> That's gotta do so something. cool. You gotta do something with that. And it's a, with that URL. It was like, it was like $20. That's worth it. Yeah. That's fine. Man, I bought stupider yeah, things it. for more money. So if you need a, if you need a dot house, I think they're super cheap. Probably pretty cheap. Uber cheap. Yeah. Name cheap. House. Oh, okay. What? Dot house? Fest house. Hi, any, I've any already house. been to Bush Gardens once. <laughs> oh, right. This year. Oh, is that there? Yeah. Okay. Kill, <laughs> Kill Will Blaine at dot house. <laughs> it's that time of year. Time to go. Time to bush it up. Time to bush. This is baller. I loved it. We should I do an RVA, yeah. RVA bush jam. <laughs> roller coaster jam? <laughs> a bush like train jam on a roller oh, coaster? Yeah. Oh, Christ. <laughs> Make a game. Before the roller coaster ends. Have you, have you seen that video where... <laughs> or make a game in line for the roller coaster because yeah, that shit takes two hours. Yeah, have a new one that's like, yeah. Yeah. You have to, we have, we'll go on like a really packed like yeah. The Saturday. longest line we can yeah. find. Yeah, 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 yeah. On a Saturday. Like middle of the summer. like Noon. 
Oh, but it's gonna be hot and we drench. Yeah. High noon. You oh. you won't have power, so you gotta go fast. <laughs> you gotta make sure your laptop's fully charged. <laughs> That's good because my laptop holds a pretty big charge. So I can people, take that. People are gonna be like, I just want to see people's face if we're sitting there making a game in line. Have you seen? Wouldn't that be sick? Yeah. Someone be like, what good. are you? What are you doing? Making a video game? What? That's huh? crazy. We need someone what dedicated just to explaining what the hell we're doing. Yeah, like yeah. a carnival barker. Well, and no, what we can do is have someone <laughs> wearing a backpack that has like a little shelf on the back and the laptop sits on that. And oh. that person just wears it. And that way the person can stand behind them in line. And we can fold the whole thing up when we actually have to get on the roller coaster. There's a good uh, Giant Bomb video where Gershman and, and Reichert, they, uh, they, they play each other in... Um, they try to beat World 1 in Super Mario Brothers 3 against each other while riding a roller coaster. Uh-huh. So they like zip tie it to their hands and they just like keep riding this roller coaster to see how far they can get while riding it. And I don't even think, I think they get through like three levels or something. And then Gershman's just like, all right, I'm out. And he like bows out and he's <laughs> like, I'm going to keep going. And he like does like three more rotations on the roller coaster. That's great. You can do a lot with roller coasters. So Persona, you're liking a lot. Yeah. Um, so it delivers. So it's a it's a turn based combat game, right? Right. With like a lot of social interaction, like narrative driven stuff. Yeah, I I, I mean it's like mostly the day to day life, right? Dating sim kind of thing. I've I've never played a game from the Shin Megami Tensei series, so I've only played Persona. So I don't know how the others are. But there's no children taking guns to their heads and pulling the trigger and. No, this is summoning. They do have guns in this one, but they don't shoot their heads. But that was that was probably the coolest <laughs> summoning <laughs> thing the ever. No, because they would shoot, and then like blue sparkles would like come out of their other side of their head, and that's like their psyche being unlocked. It's freaking awesome. That's nuts. So, but in this one, I mean, in Persona Four, they had like glasses or something. That was boring. But this one, they're like superheroes. This one, they got masks. It's so cool. So they remove their mask, and it like glows, and that's. They're like persona being unleashed because everyone in society like wears a mask, you know, to fit into society. But then your true self oh, is like, under it's that like mask. Real life. Metaphorical masks yeah. or oh, yeah. a physical mask? I mean, uh, physical masks that serve as like an allegory to metaphorical no, 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 masks. No, no, no. It is a metaphorical mask that has a physical manifestation oh to God. certain characters who have who are so they have the sight pure of heart huh. or whatever. That's no, yeah, so cute. It is, it is, it is a metaphorical mask. I feel just like, like the gun is metaphorical. I feel like one of the the, the lead developer like took shrooms and then played Majora's Mask. He's like, ah, oh, I could do better. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, probably a good, good, good amount of this team <laughs> was on some sort of substance. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it you makes for you a really good design story. that UI after having not done a lot of drugs. <laughs> right, like there's just, just scribbling no in a graphing piece of paper. No, I'm mean, the UI is. I think you could come up with the UI if you you know. Sat down for like ten years and had to make something awesome. <laughs> they just but unlocked like, the, the UX story design. themes and stuff. Even since the first Persona and like even all the Shin Megami Tenseis, they're all about you know deep dive into like your own psyche and like mm-hmm. your own self and like what is the self. It's actually a lot like everything where it's a question of what are you and it's like these Zen Buddhist principles stuff like that. So. Which one takes place in like a TV? Four. Okay. Yeah. So there's four. And then there's four golden, which was a remake, yeah, of four for the P for the PS Vita. Mm-hmm. And then there was Arena, which was Arena, like a fighting game. Yeah, it was spin-off. a cash in. <laughs> okay. And 
Dancing All Night was also a cash Oh, uh, I forgot about Dancing All Night. Yeah. Because they, they needed money to make Persona 5, so they're like, what are we doing? <laughs> make a rhythm game. B-team, get on it. Yeah. Is it like a rhythm game like Elite Beat Agents? It's or? like, uh, I think a Hatsune Miku game. It's like a skin of that or something. Mm. I don't know. But mm. Japan loves that stuff. So. I bet. I can only imagine. Uh, anything else? Um, I think that's all I'm playing right that's now. That's it? Just, just those two itty-bitty games? Well, I haven't played AAA games in so long. It's kind of interesting. Good year for Japan, though. I'm kind of excited oh, about yeah. it. Yeah. Near. Very good year. Neo. What is that? Persona. What is What? Yeah, well, I, I forgot that you know all these games are Japanese. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about mainly Zelda. Japanese games. That's a good thing. It's good. Yeah. Especially as someone who doesn't really play Japanese games that much, it's cool to see a bunch of stuff that I like really am into. Like, you know, if I were in more of a vacuum, I don't think I would have any interest in Persona. But seeing everyone's excitement for Persona, I definitely want to yeah, eventually right. check it out. Totally. Um, I mean, I think that's why it was smart that they invested so much into the UI. Right. Because, like, I, at least 10%, 20% of people who bought it were attracted to the UI. Screenshots. Yeah. GIFs. Like, foot, like it's the, footage is everything. It's the like, most it's, gif, it's yeah. the most jiffable game ever. It's jiffable. The maybe not ever, but I don't know. Have you seen those gifts of like the 4K uh, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn that the guy was no. making? Oh man, they look they look like they're out of a movie. It's crazy because he like works the camera as well, and then he cuts it real narrow, so it's not like 16 by nine. It's like oh, it's, it's like, like 16 by five or something yeah. where it's like just like mm, a, like yeah. a slot. It's yeah. it's super widescreen, but there's one where yeah. she's like. Uh, Aloy is like running up a hill and then she banks right but the camera stays in the same place so it's like panning her from her left side and then she's like running on this ridge and then she jumps off this this rock and then like Robo Pterodactyl like swoops down over her head and she like gets knocked to the side but it looks ridiculous it looks like like, like they record like they shot it like there was like a in game uh like camera rig that was just like mm. following her around just the way the guy did it it looks really cool um, I haven't been playing anything. <laughs> I played Crossy Road today for about three minutes. Um, but I have been watching a lot of. So this is, I watched a lot of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, which have any of you guys heard of? No, sir. No. Awesome. Oh. Um. And <laughs> second, it was my first Twitch experience because I don't really go on Twitch. Well, no, I'm wrong. It was my first. Twitch experience where I was watching like a streamer, like a personality quote unquote play, where before I watched like Pokemon plays Twitch or, or Twitch plays right. Pokemon. Um, so Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is this game that was made by this Korean developer, uh, Blue Hole, which is probably the worst name I've ever heard for a developer because <laughs> it evokes all the wrong sorts of imagery. Uh, but so it was this this guy. Um, I think he was originally from uh, the UK and he like moved to Brazil at one point and um, there's this great uh, Glixel interview with him, but he, he made a mod for, I want to say either Daisy or H1Z1 that basically takes the mechanics of the, or takes the idea from the movie Battle Royale and makes a game mode out of them. So it's like large group of people uh deathmatch, you know, free for all kind of thing, right? But in a survival shooter uh game. Right. And then John Smedley, who was uh 
was the president of Sony Online um, until they broke away from Sony and became Daybreak. He called him up and then asked him to make like an official mod for one of those games called King of the Kill, which was basically those same mechanics, the Battle Royale, Hunger Games kind of thing, but like more polished. And then he got a call from Blue Hole to make their own game. So basically what Player Unknown, and so the guy's name is Player Unknown. Like that's his that's his internet handle. Mm-hmm. Um and he so they he made this game with this Korean dev, and it's basically a survival shooter, but with Battle Royale or the Hunger Games spun into the mix. So it's a hundred player deathmatch, free for all, right? Mm-hmm. And you are in a plane at the beginning of the match, right? This giant like cargo plane. Um, and it can be played third person, first person, kind of like any survival game or survival shooter. And it's 99 other people sitting in this cargo plane with you. And you fly over this giant map. That's a mountain or that's, that's an Island. And at any point while the plane is doing its run over the mountain, you can jump and there's settlements and there's cities and there's all this different stuff in the map. Uh, that has they have fortifications they have resources Mm -hmm. food bandages first aid kits med kits all sorts of different weapons ammo and so the goal you so you play it just like h1z1 or daisy or arma or any of those but the advantage that this game has is that it is super fast because you get one life second you get killed you're out and then you just go to the next match so the goal is awesome goal is to be the last person standing so you have to be strategic in so many different ways that you have to determine, all right, where am I going to land? What weapons do I want? You know, how many people are going to land next Is the map the same every time? Yes, the map is the exact oh, same. Oh, that's awesome. But they re-roll, like, the, the spawning of vehicles because there's cars in it, too, and there's, like, dune buggies. Right, but eventually, like, you learn, start learning that stuff, too. Yes. And that's, you, oh, that's yeah. good. It's yeah. like, where are the odds of this warehouse is going to have, mm-hmm. have, have this stuff? But when you jump from the plane, uh, you see the other people parachuting down at the same time. So you're like looking around and you're like uh-huh. surveying the people that are landing near you. It's like, so okay, cool. what do I like? I need to run in here. And there's like, and there's, it's not like crazy weapons. It's like your regular, like military shooter weapons. You know, you have an AK, you have a, you have an M16 or this or that, the other thing. Bow and arrow. There, there is a, uh, yeah. there's a crossbow and there's a sickle. There's like a hatchet and a sickle. Um, because like the game, like the, the world has like, um, has, it looks like like a uh, Soviet satellite state, like a failing nation state, because there's a bunch of like hammer and sickle iconography on everything, and there's like USSR like tagged on walls and stuff like that, and it's all this old decommissioned crap everywhere. What's it called? It's called Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Right. Okay. Cool. So, so that's like the main the main part of it, right? You land, and like when you jump from the the plane. You also have kind of like a Just Cause or Grand Theft Auto Five like dive mm-hmm. that you can do, so you can like rapidly descent, and then there's an elevation where your 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 parachute automatically deploys, and it'll, and the the way it deploys is different depending on the elevation of the ground beneath you. So if you're over top of a mountain, it's going to deploy earlier, whatever. Right. So it's just like fifty feet off of the closest ground or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So like that's that's the basic part, right? It's just you scavenging for stuff. You kill people. You loot their bodies. You get extra ammo. You get whatever 
shit that's on them. You, you, you don't start with anything. You, you know, you have jeans and a t-shirt and you're like finding, you know, Kevlar vests and, and riot helmets and shit like that. Then comes the battle royale element where there is then a circle that spawns on the world, a radius, right? And it starts out giant and it says, all players, please proceed to the safe zone. And then this giant blue shield that's a much larger radius starts encroaching on the smaller white shield. And it's basically a death field that if you're outside of it, you immediately start depleting health. So as the match progresses, the radius gets smaller and smaller till it's like basically 50 feet. And then by that point, there's like five people remaining and then it's just a a shootout. That's crazy. But it's you never see. So I watched this guy doing a stream i watched two different people because there's like a there's like a, a duo mode we can play with with you and another guy on the same team mm-hmm. but i watched a lot of like uh solo people this guy was playing solo and this guy was like fucking into the minutiae of like the strategy of this game he's like oh, i don't want this gun uh, i want this main bandages and da, 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 and like all this crazy stuff and then the guy had a fucking eagle eye because he was shooting people from like 400 meters away like it was ridiculous right but um it's very rare you saw someone get to the end. So I was like, one, I wanted to see what the end game was like. But this guy would get to like, I think the, the highest ranking he got was like number 15 and dead. Like number How 20 many players? dead. 100. Wow. So it's you and 99 other people. And this thing has sold a million copies already. Like no joke, like literally over a million copies. I think it's been out like a week, week and a half, something like that. So mm-hmm. like if you matchmake into this thing, you're not going to have problem Finding 99 other people to play with. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like the kind of game where you hear about it and you're like, I want it. Yeah. yeah. And, I, I've, and I've never played any of these other ones like Daisy or H1Z1 or anything. But like, I was watching this. I was like, oh, shit. Maybe I should like hook up my PC to a mouse and keyboard. I think and, like, my favorite games in like Warcraft 3 were kind of like that. Like there's one called Vampirism mm-hmm. where it's 16 players. So 15 start off as villagers and one is a vampire. And the villagers have like a one minute head start and you can go out and like build your own base chop down trees all the warcraft kind of stuff and then the vampire has to go around try to kill the villager and if you get killed by the vampire you get turned into a vampire and you just want to be you want to like survive so it's like infection or zombies in halo it's that exact same thing yeah where it's like okay uh regular players go and then the zombie comes out but the key is there's this base building and like survival, survivalist aspect. Uh huh. I don't know if Halo had that, but um, no, it's way faster. Yeah, it's like it, it was faster, but also they started incorporating like the forge mode stuff into it. Uh-huh. So you could, they they would spawn like items in it because infection, which is what they called like the official Halo variant, I think didn't show up until either Halo Three or Halo Reach. So there was a portion where like there would be like maps where there's like the explosive canisters. So people would just like pile up the explosive canisters and wait for the zombie to come around and then just shoot that and, <laughs> and take them out. But the zombies advantage is that so all they had so the regular players had like battle rifles or whatever and then the zombies had energy swords and I think could could move faster. Or maybe they move slower. I forget. But it, the original version was some variant of like Juggernaut. So someone just took the Juggernaut game mode right. and 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 tweaked it and put like custom custom variations into it. But yeah, so um I've never been interested in a survival shooter, but this one looked fucking super cool. <laughs> but like eventually, like I kept watching this guy playing the stream. I'm like, fucking, I just want to see you fucking get to the end. I want to see what what is like to be number one. So like I was like, all right, fuck this. Like, this is what YouTube is for. And then I just looked up a YouTube video of this guy 
came in first, but also like had like the highest kill streak of all, uh, like at the point of his recording, and it was like twenty two people. So like highest kill streak in the game, twenty two people. Like like most people get like two or something That's like crazy. that. That's crazy. That's kind of awesome because like getting five kills in a mode like that is kind of like. That's a lot. Right. So it's like it's more way more realistic than like Call of Duty. You kill like 100 people and that's like mediocre. I like that. Yeah. I like if you die, you're just like in another game mode. That mm-hmm. is because there's obviously like su- such like a like there's always going to be people dying in that game. Um, but you don't really have to worry. Like obviously you don't have to worry about that if you're if you're still alive and stuff. Um, so there's just always going to be like a, a huge sum of people who are like always looking for a new game. And it, it's, it's in early access. So it still has that classic survival shooter jank, right. early access jank to it. Uh, but yeah, I want to check it out. Um, I just, I guess I need to get a monitor. And What's the art style? Like it's, it's typical. Like, yeah. It's like uh, Arma, Daisy. Be cool if had a little more stylized kind of thing. You want some vector? Yeah. UI, well, just, like, TF2 style, something like that. Yeah, that'd be cool. This guy, one of the streamers I watched, he like turned uh, like all of his graphic settings down (laughs) just so it could run faster. So you just see this tree pop and everything just because he's like, fuck it. I just need to see this thing to run. Um, I would love it. Like if you're talking about different styles, that would be good. I would love like a Sin City. Oh, Mm. that'd be cool. Vibe to it. That would be like. But yeah, that was my first foray into watching a twitch stream that was weird have you have you guys watched much many twitch streams i watch a lot of dev streams i love it um i have i I saw someone not that i I don't think this necessarily um but uh saw someone on twitter recently um the aerobat developer if you ever heard of that game yeah 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 he was talking about how like if he was making any sort of narrative content He's like a big Final Fantasy 15 fan. Uh-huh. He was talking about how he, if he was making a sort of narrative centric game, he would like do everything he could to prevent streamers. Because he So going back to Persona thing he think, again. He I guess. thinks he was well, I mean it's obviously Twitter, so like again, broad strokes, right? Right. But yeah. like just off the dome. Yeah, but like like because it destroys the game, he said. Um now I was talking about, earlier when you were talking about Persona 5, I was talking about more from a consumer standpoint but from like the, the standpoint of like someone making it mm-hmm. i can totally get the, that idea that like no nah, i didn't make a movie right right i made a video game and it's meant to be experienced firsthand and to experience it not secondhand but thirdhand through like someone else's like content like well it's 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 not just someone else's like you're not just watching it secondhand you're like it's also getting filtered through that person's personality right so like so it'd be different if it, there was it, no commentary. Well, on it's it. like you're two degrees of separation from like the way it was originally meant to be intended. So yeah, I kind of get that idea of streamers, right? Destroy. I mean, th- they exist and like you know should be embraced and and everything. But I get like some people say that streamers like destroy games or whatever, or like n- more narrative centric games. Like Downwell, for example, doesn't matter because it's like there's there's no. Sorry, I should phrase it differently. Downwell would matter because it's like there's no narrative content to be consumed. It's like only gameplay. The mm-hmm. only experience of Downwell is playing it firsthand, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So so maybe something more with Final Fantasy 15 wouldn't be as bad. But yeah, that was that was kind of the vibe I got from watching a lot of these Twitch streamers because like they all have their gimmick. Like they all have their shtick. Right. They're like super loud, like stream of consciousness, 
saying whatever comes into their head or they're like they they have some sort of persona that they use or some sort of weird handle that their whole twitch page is like super bought into or everything or like and then there's like the subs like every time someone subs to their page there's like oh you got another subscriber and it's just like it was like this culture shock i was like what is what where am i like what like do people wow. like it's, that? it's like going to a casino to watch a movie or something yeah it's it's, it's very glitz and glamoury and it's like i don't identify with any of these people like i don't know <laughs> so i don't hang out on twitch right and but there was so the one guy it works in some contact well there was one guy who was like because like you were saying sam it was like i felt like i was getting degrees of separation where like the way the person was communicating the game is the way I was interpreting it. Right. So I was like, all right, I need to get away from like loud mouth streamers. And so I kept like clicking through some of the streams. I found this one guy. He was like, he was like Swedish or something. Um, and he was like very chill. Just, I mean, he, he, it was cool. Cause he would like talk through his strategy. He was like, Oh, I'm going to do this and do that. But he like, he wasn't like, Oh, it's fucking shit. Up <laughs> like, Oh, I got fucking hit shot. He was like, nah, blah, blah, blah. um, and he like bought into like his Swedish identity because like his tip jar was like a sh- double shot glass with like the Swedish flag on it. And then every time when people would tip like the Twitch bits or whatever they're called, they would like f- sprinkle, they would fall into the, into the thing. But it's like all the overlay stuff like is kind of weird and like, yeah, it's too yeah. much. It's, but like, it's a bunch of people that are like really invested into their personal brand, but they don't know anything about branding or like, you know, they watched one TED talk and they think they know like how, how to I handle think what it is, is they're like kind of riding like a mimetic Twitch train where they're just like, oh, so-and-so has these animations for new subs and the trinkets or whatever. And like they have, they have, everybody has a gamer chair, so I need a gamer chair. And But some of these are very custom to the person. So there's like one guy and they didn't have a, a camera on him. So I could only assume that this was supposed to be his little avatar. But every time like a new subscriber would come on, it would say like, I don't know what it would say, um, but it would be like, welcome or whatever. And then there'd be like a little chibi avatar of like the streamer and he was fat and he was like dancing around or whatever. Yeah. Or there's like an icon of the, of the t- Twitch page, like their logo. Yeah. Would fade I mean, it's in. like, it's, it's all t- Okay, I'm going to rant for a second. Go ahead. It's all freaking dressing. Like, that's all Twitch is, is dressing. Like, like I don't know. Like, a lot of the dev streams I watch are pretty cool, or it's just like, like, I watch, uh, the, like, the Manifold Garden one, I watch sometimes, and that one's pretty good. Um, and I watch uh, Kazi. Mm-hmm. Um, his is really good. Um, but it's like, it, like, the most dressing they have, they have, like, like their, their layout is, like, it says Manifold Garden at the top, like, overlaid on the video, and then at the bottom it shows... Uh, William Shear um, talking about whatever he's doing or like working on it. It's like a video of him and that's it. And there's, there's not this like, like if you go to any Overwatch player stream, it's just like, like kill me now. It's just like so well, So it's, much- the, it's the same thing though. Cause like when you go to William Shear's channel, you're, you're going there to watch William Shear. Right. If you go to that Overwatch player's channel, you're not going to watch you don't want to watch Overwatch. You want to see that specific you person watch that play, play But it's dressed up so much. But it's the dressing like, is them, though. Like, that's yeah, what it like, is. And that, and that's, because they can't just have the game playing with maybe their head in the corner. That's not enough uh, yeah, of yeah, them. That, that is true. Yeah. That you is need true. to overload the content with the, their personality. Which, which doesn't bother me if there's some sort of, like, graphical overlay. It's just none of it's classy. Like yeah, yeah. It's just it's yeah, I, I think gross. Maybe, okay, you know, maybe that's what I'm complaining about. It just about. feels gross and yeah. exploitative. And it's like, what 
subset of game players are you appealing to? Thirteen year old. And that's what yeah. and that's yeah. and that's what it is. <laughs> but it's like but they're you know Well I mean and also like if you like so I kind of stopped playing a lot of like crazy games when I was younger. So like I've never played an Overwatch. But when I look at Overwatch, it looks like a Twitch stream to me. Like there's just all this shit popping mm-hmm. up and like none of it makes sense to me because I'm not playing it, you know? And so I think it's just kind of emulating the art of the marketplace. I mean like like Dota, what is going on in Dota? Right. There's like <laughs> exactly. 20 no, icons, feel- <laughs> none of them have any meaning to me. There's all these like special effects going on. I mean like it's just like I think like you have to like <laughs> internalize a lot of this stuff to make any sense out of it. Yeah. And like if you're an outsider, you just look, take one look and you're just like this is yeah, it's like you, being at a casino. You used the word <laughs> culture shock earlier and that's like very apt. That's exactly what going yeah. on a Twitch for the first time is like. But it like yeah, like culture shock but also like maybe kind of embarrassed. Like I feel like mm. this is like <laughs> the side of like video games most people see or like kids parents see or like it's scary as a game developer, right? Because you're like, oh my god, these are my consumers, right? And, and I don't know how to market more to this. more on their UI than I do in my games, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I think um, what kind of convinced me about Twitch or the the value that Twitch provides is uh, I don't like watch Twitch at all. Maybe like uh, there's a DJ that I found. It's actually Kirk's friend, Jovian. Uh, he twitches on D. On uh, I mean, he DJs on Twitch. <laughs> Wait, twitches, twitches on, on DJ. DJ. He he DJs <laughs> on Twitch, and he he'll get like two hundred followers at a time or whatever, um, which is pretty good for a music DJ. Um, and he's like really good, and like I listen to electronic music all the time during the day, just playing in the background. But I saw when I was watching his stream, it's like a totally different experience because there's like you know there's these overlays when people get followed or when they tip, uh, when people post emojis in the chat it pops over on his screen so it feels like you're listening to a concert played by this guy uh-huh. with 200 people that alone is like pretty awesome and then mm. he he's really good at like interacting with the crowd um so it's like if you're at a concert of like i don't know somebody you like tiesto whatever a dj and like it's like 200 of your friends and the dj's like talking with you while playing with you and it, this happens for like four hours five hours at a time that's like, pretty cool that's like yeah you can't even at a real concert you can't get that because the dj is not going to talk to you at right, a real right. concert. and yeah so like i understand the appeal of twitch i think i think though my point is that same feeling applies to watching pl- people play games so when you see you know your favorite twitch personality playing a game it's not about them playing the game it's about like being in a room of all your friends watching your friend play a game and you're just like hanging out yeah. watching We're, play you and know it's it's totally yeah twitch is totally a community thing like it doesn't yeah. it's not like all those people exist in like a vacuum or whatever like it's you know like they're like that's why they they always like twitch streamers always talk about like the regulars and stuff yeah it's, yeah it's, it's like the community the that you build up i just i i just wish people would focus on the game a little more yeah and I, like, that might be like the cost of twitch like right, the game has to be less important. The game is like kind of well, a backseat. It's, yeah, because yeah. the game is just the the substrate for what actually matters, which is the Twitch personality. Right. Yeah, and I guess we like, kind of have to accept that. Like, yeah. we don't, we don't. Our and, game and, doesn't and that matter. Doesn't that bother much. me because, like, I mean, I've never been like offended by Twitch or any of these things. Like, just some of those streamers, 
I would see that, and then I would also see something like like PewDiePie and like it, it, it gave me the same feeling. Like ignoring all the gross PewDiePie stuff that has come to light I, now. I hate PewDiePie. But, but yeah, but I think <laughs> I don't think anyone in this room like before PewDiePie like started becoming an idiot and doing gross anti-Semitic shit. The the pre that PewDiePie I still don't think appealed to us because like like you're saying moment like they're he's appealing to younger kids but also like he's probably also appealing to people his age because i'm sure there are people his age oh yeah that act like that too well, there are some less players that are really good like my favorite one is is this dude um named robus mm-hmm. um, yeah is this you know what i'm talking yeah. about yeah yeah he's a swedish guy uh he has an adorable accent um they and- all do and and he yeah they all do and and he uh he plays like really sandboxy games like he loves Crible Space Program he likes Besieged he likes The Sims which is fucking hilarious to watch him play this in um and those games are cool and I'm interested in game like so people talk about like oh this is a streaming game I think sandboxy games like that are probably the most suited because it's literally player expression like right like like. You're not just watching him play Overwatch, which is like, you know, it's more as competitive, like almost it's, yeah, it's competitive. It's not. It's not. There's no player expression in Overwatch, really. Like, well, comparatively to like The Sims or something, you're literally watching him like play The Sims, which is like, like, in he is in a way like making art, right? Like when like in Besiege, if he's like building this like crazy siege engine or something, right? Um, and that's pretty cool to watch because it's not only funny but it's like expressive, right? I feel like, um, so, like, I'm not going to front, like, I thought that, like, Goats Walking Up Ladders thing, the first PewDiePie video I've ever seen, I laughed at that pretty hard. Uh, what I think is weird is, like, <laughs> so, like, that... I won't lie. That's, that was, like, funny as, like, a one-off, but what's weird is, like, that people buy into his personality or his, like, his Character. brand, yeah. Yeah. That, and that's the thing. Like, but I mean, like, and I'm about to get real on y'all uh-oh. real quick. Like, we see that happen to adults like every four years, like where everybody's like, Hillary Clinton's a dick. And then she becomes the nominee and then you get invested in her. So, like, right. I think it's the same kind of thing where people like. If I if I go and watch like a, a like a PewDiePie video right now. I'm just like I don't I don't like this this joke's old like this personality's old like it's not fun but there are people that like saw that and was like oh I'm going to invest some of my identity into this personality and so like it's no longer like is this joke funny it's just like this is part of me now and like the whole brofist thing and like I enjoy that and like like if I watch that and he's doing like this like come on brofist me <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't know, what is this like weird patronizing stuff? But like, that happens to me like every political event ever, where it's just like, like some weird slogan, and I'm like, is this supposed to apply to me? Like, I don't get this. So, right, like at some point, it appeals to everyone a little bit. Right, right. No, I, I get that. Um, I guess like in most other circumstances, like when people are trying to appeal to other people and have some sort of like following it's much more buttoned up and so i feel like this is our right. group's reaction to like rock and roll rap music comic books D like 
oh god we're sure. getting we're getting old and we're not understanding like the the mass appeal of that yeah but it's also i think there is also some validity in like you know all right but we have to be careful about these personalities just being just being edge lords or or you know just investing in shock value yeah and like right because I think also people enjoy and in, like investing their identity into things that aren't buttoned up because they're they don't like buttoned up stuff. Right. I don't know. Maybe this makes me an asshole for thinking this, but like, we'll 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 be legit. Okay. Yeah. You guys. Yeah. And it's totally it's totally fine if it does. But like, like, PewDiePie has some good videos, and some are better than others. But like him playing like some horror game like Amnesia or whatever, and like overreacting at like a shadow that's in the corner right uh is really just him taking advantage of someone else's art okay is, like, that, is that the part i'm supposed to be determining whether or not you're an asshole at maybe okay. i don't know i just i just i just think i think that that's a lot like let's plays walk into that territory or maybe not let's plays and streamers walk in that territory a lot of where someone made this thing that's meant to be appreciated in a way and and uh i'm going to sell my reaction to it right uh, it's not really your reaction you though it's more like a reaction that you've noticed is trending so you play up that exactly reaction. so it's yeah. even more diluted like right. it's just it's just like it's just like uh you didn't come up with that idea you're just wait, reacting wait, wait, to it and selling actually <laughs> that's interesting because do you do you think the player's reaction to a game is not their it, they don't own that like they don't have the is moral that, that authority of, to sell it well, right so that's, that's, too. So that's sort of a question of like who owns art which is like well, no, which no, no, is no. not the the, the artist well, better than the what artist is art. owns the art the artist owns the art of course but the reaction to the art and especially in games where the player has an agency yeah, right. in in the game the agency of the player in regards to the game is entirely theirs and i think they can I think they can sell that if they want. Yeah. Like, even in The Sims, if someone makes a sweet building or whatever. Right. Like, the programmers programmed that system. The system, right, yeah. But they, they, their agency created that sweet building, so it's there. Yeah, and I, I, I get, you can't super apply what I'm saying because, because where do you draw the line between a highly systemic interaction, like, like, oh, I made something cool in The Sims and I'm selling, like like my ability to make cool things in the Sims or besieged or whatever, where you draw the line between that and like, Oh, I get freaked out when shit happens in Soma and it's really funny. You know, like, like what's the, (laughs) yeah. I mean, that's, that's the whole issue of like, you know, should the developers get a cut of, you know, the, the revenue that these streamers get. Nintendo is. Yeah. Well, did that go through? Well, in, in YouTube, they have that partners program. Because uh. YouTube is a very, well, they're both kind of iffy territories. But, like, there's just kind of this silent compact between the Let's Players YouTube and the developers or the publishers. Because it's like, technically, these would constitute DM- DMCA violations. But because they're basically free promotion for the game, the publishers turn a blind eye. Mm-hmm. But Nintendo is straight up like, no, we want to cut. So you have to enter into their partner program. And then they take a percentage of your ad revenue for any Nintendo game that you play on your channel. Um, otherwise, if you don't sign up for that program, they do a DMCA takedown on on any of your Nintendo games. Which, like, from a consumer standpoint, I'm, like, kind of angry about. But from, like, a preservation of art or whatever standpoint, it's like, 
All right, I get that. Does that make sense from a preservation standpoint? I'm not. I... They own it, dude. I mean, that's uh, that's that's like I don't know. That's kind of like where I'm coming from with like the like the no, PewDiePie is like stealing some yeah. shit. Like, I think they own the art, but they they still don't own the players' reactions and stuff. And I think that's venturing into well. I think this is just like something that as like a culture we've never come to terms with like how much is it okay to borrow from art to make your own art right yeah it's like you know and you see it in different i don't think i don't know you see in different volumes in different media like in stand-up it's very very taboo to borrow someone's joke Mm. right but in other forms of art it's not but also in stand-up it's not very taboo to like borrow somebody's delivery or like persona and also, people borrow each other's jokes all the time, no they matter do. how taboo it is. Right, yeah. Same with rap and, like, verses and stuff. Right. Well, rap, and then I think, you get I think into, the reason like, why borrowing it's taboo samples and from and, right. and, like, remixes of music. I, 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 like, that, I like that conversation. Um, I don't feel like that's a conversation. I don't, to me, that's not the most important conversation for about let's players to streamers. For me, it's the argument of like, should we be like consuming as much of this nihilistic vaudeville <laughs> yeah. <that> they're producing? <laughs> as yeah, we why are. not? Everything else is like that. Entertainment is the most important uh, thing to produce in the world. Yeah, but like that particular <laughs> brand of entertainment just makes me feel like it's a, like a dystopian. Like right. I feel like it's like shades of the movie Idiocracy where it's just we're just going to end oh, yeah. up with ouch my balls and it's going to be a guy getting kicked in the nuts yeah, all the time. I mean, like, I don't know. Well, I mean, how much meaning can you really squeeze out of modern living? You know what I mean? <laughs> no, what I'm saying? We've all why been Why not there. just slip into idiot nihilism? Like, why not? <laughs> you, can't, you can't let go. You got to hold on, Will. Dylan, I see where you're coming from because it is it is a little gross to go on a Twitch stream and literally every interaction that any user <laughs> could have with the stream produces a Skinner box. Right. And it's just like, what the fuck? It's, no, I, I, I get where you're coming it's from. It's like we bitch about, you know, like preteen boys on Xbox Live, like cursing at each other and throwing racial slurs. But then we have this whole system that's being built around that kind of like monetizing and capitalizing on certain aspects of that that yeah that's not that's not that's not making the problem better if anything that might be making the problem worse but maybe i just expect too much from people (laughs) yeah i don't know god this got real sad (laughs) (laughs) we start talking you start talking about twitch i know and streaming i mean people are just all shitty so like it's yeah i can't embrace twitch and streaming so i'm probably just never gonna make any money <laughs> yeah i think that's definitely gonna have to be a necessity yeah well like you said like dev streams like i like dev streams like um, clash cup's super streamable well, I'd, I'd hope so i i think it's well it's, yeah. it's certainly more streamable than fucking silent sure, earth sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, like <laughs> definitely like, jesus silent earth round 56 let's go right i don't know I mean, don't make it seem that boring, dude. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'd watch. I'd watch a Silent Earth stream. I like. I really like Twitch channels that are just like Twitch not Silent popular. Earth. Like, if if there's like if there's like six people in chat, and the dudes just like playing Cave Story or Dark Souls, and people are just chilling out and having a good time, I really enjoy that. But yeah, and maybe I was looking at the wrong games. Maybe like Player Unknown's Battleground is not where you go for like intellectual. Yeah, yeah. Like, thought-provoking or like zen anything with over a thousand viewers is gonna be 
very close to 100% garbage. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And do you then, remember do you remember when I I only did it one time but I played like a bunch of weird PS2 games? Yeah. On on Twitch. I had so much fun doing that. Yeah. Yeah, like that was that was the, I mean just because it was like like I don't I don't I don't know. I don't really give a shit about these games and it, there's like something uh like artifact like about it you know right. like it was you really didn't cool. even have like a mic no i didn't have a mic i was just like <laughs> playing them and like i would like be in the chat yeah i didn't own a mic yet i like that kind of stuff that so yeah really that's fun. like that's like how twitch streamers are except your artifact that you don't give a shit about is your game <laughs> so it's like we have a more personal connection to it because it's like artifact don't oh, give wow. a shit. They, they clearly don't give a shit about our game is that bad right i guess a little i don't know yeah but. yeah i i don't know I don't know if I if it's, I it's way too hard. Like, to, like I should stop talking yeah. about it because it's way too hard to draw the line. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would help if we had a Twitch streamer on the podcast. Ooh, they'd probably be so offended right now. Yeah, <gasps> Kurt, you know my buddy Curtis streams Twitch all the time, and like he never has a viewer like oh. ever. Not so even I'll one. Just, yeah, like every once in a while I'll pop in and be like, "Hey, what's up? See you at Burger Night." <laughs> watch him, I'll watch him play some like Final Fantasy tactics for like 15 20 minutes. Yeah, I have a friend um Lauren who used to work at CERN and she does contract work for us for Clash Cup. She designed like 10 of the levels, 12 maybe. Um she's like awesome level designer. She also designed all the levels for Night Shift Ninja, which if you play it on my phone has like really good level design. Yeah. So she's the really does have really good levels. Um what was I saying? Oh yeah. Uh, Does she, she stream? Yeah, she streams. She has like a really good stream. She's got like a whole brand with cupcake. Like I don't know if you've seen the polar bear in our in Clash Cup Turbo. That's like her idea. Um, Is that the name of the polar bear? Yeah. Okay. Cupcake. So she has like this whole thing. She's got like fans, everything. Um, and she like I I you know I remember when she started that and she like built it up over time. Um, yeah, I don't know what my point was, but. There are some people we know who probably uh, have that kind of experience. And if you do know someone like that, it's probably worth, you know, probably talking to them, especially yeah. if you don't understand it. Right. Oh, no, I mean, like, I do understand it. It's like that very thin vertical slice that I specifically don't understand where it's mm. like the the gross, like, exploitative personality-based stuff that's just based around shouting and stuff. But maybe I'm not meant to understand it, and that's fine. Well, I mean, it's just that, like... In like real speak, like doing that gets you more viewers, gets you more subs, gets you more money, and like that's the that's, that's the only reason why anybody acts like that online. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's been a while since I've been thirteen. So yeah, <laughs> maybe I should just interview a thirteen year old and say, "Why does this appeal to you?" Yeah, I mean, like, so like right now, I'm still like way deep into watching donkey videos. Like, I just like. <laughs> I just Don't found like funny, I just yeah. found like a, a list of like his raps, and I've been really grooving on those. But see, like if he made a two-hour video, would right. you watch it? Would it be as good? No, like no, it works because it's a five-minute video, and he right. edits it and he authors right. it. Like, but it's still like that same like this dude is putting on a funny voice for me to laugh at. Yeah, there's, I guess. Like, there's like maybe a little bit deeper humor in his video, but like it's still just like he's just he a goofy like, internet personality, very crafted comedic humor and yeah i think yeah i think it's very different than a streamer a streamer's kind of style it's very stream of consciousness there was there's a good polygon articles talking about like how youtubers like even now at this point youtubers and let's players are old and that they need to pay attention to twitch or 
otherwise be left behind because Mm -hmm. like a lot of the money is now moving towards streaming and and twitch and and like and like you said moment the the building an audience and like having a live audience there in a community that you're kind of sharing the experience in and this in this live content as opposed to kind of this isolated pre-recorded content that you're that you're that you're consuming by yourself or in a much smaller uh subset of people yeah like if you go on youtube to a channel that people like um and you go to uh, a comment that the author posted in the comment like people flip out they're like whoa they they responded like people love that stuff and that's like what all twitch is basically it's right the the creator responding to you so making making you feel special that yeah. like there's someone there's someone taking the time to identify you and i thought that was cool like whenever someone subscribed and they'd like shout their name or whatever uh you'd be like oh thank you very much thank you they'd have some dumb catchphrase right. they would say like okay uh, but it, that's cool. Like that, that got me excited. I wasn't even the one fucking subscribing to the channel or donating to a tip jar. How do we get here? <laughs> I started ranting about Twitch streamers. How do we get uh, out? No, you, you. <laughs> I started it. You started with that with that battle game. Yeah. yeah, you should check it out. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, Twitch like streams are fun. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Where, where's the award Twitch? channel uh dude i'm fucking editing podcasts and <laughs> making this, games yeah edit your podcast on twitch on dude well edit it on and like edit you, can, you can stream the the I podcast stream, recording just put a just turn on the, the camera really stuff. we pulled out our phones like three times so like it'd be useful if people could actually see that yeah every time a subscriber uh every time someone subscribes it has <laughs> moment saying that right in sound like <laughs> what what a rip. <laughs> uh, does anyone else have? I mean, I guess you're legally allowed to use that voice. Well, it's your voice. It. I didn't voice. sign anything. No, it's totally not. It's fair use. It's, it's your audio file. Okay. Yeah, How many executives yeah. are going to come I, to your house and like... Me oh, yeah. making the audio file based off Moment's voice? Does that <laughs> oh, mean geez. I have agency in the audio file? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, who owns it? <laughs> I'm so sorry but, for opening that can of worms. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a quote from a Metal Gear game, which Konami owns. Right. So who owns it? So who owns it? Hmm. Uh, anything else? Pixel Fest happened. How was Pixel Fest, y'all? It was. It was good. You were there. I was there for like a few minutes. I was there for like five minutes. Three days. I realized it is almost as long as Magfest. Yeah. Three eight-hour days. Um. How long is is it? Wait, is Sunday also an eight-hour day? Is what? Sunday also an eight-hour day? Well, it's uh six, eleven to five. Still. Wow. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And Magfest is three plus. Like three hours on the last day, which barely even counts. But I, uh, on Saturday, I woke up at like seven thirty eight, and I was just sitting in bed to like quarter to nine, and I walked over to my phone, and I was like, "Oh, Henry sent an email." He's like, "Yeah, just talking about checking today." Blah blah blah. blah. I'm like he sent this email really early, and then I scrolled up to the beginning of the thread. I was like, "Oh shit, it starts at 10. And I was <laughs> in Virginia Beach, and I had to drive like twenty minutes out. I was like, "Fuck, fuck, 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 fuck," and I like. Quickly got dressed and everything and rolled out. That's a long time. Seven thirty-eight. You had a big lead up. I I got up at nine thirty. I think and we had to get there at ten. <laughs> yeah, but you were walking down like what three blocks? Yeah, but still. I mean, like I saw the email at like nine, so I had to latest I oh, could have okay. left my place. Oh, at probably, nine. Yeah. yeah, no, I got up at like seven thirty, but I didn't bother looking at my phone till then. But yeah, Pixel Fest was cool. Uh, that was the most number of people I've ever had play Peak. And one event. 
How about you, Moment? Was good? Uh, yeah, solid stream of players. Solid um, super fan? Yeah, I had the super fan, Jackson. He, I don't know if he's listening to this, but... Probably not. Yeah, he was there last year, and he, like, loved the game, and then he was back this year, and he brought, like, friends and stuff. That's cool. So. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everyone responded well to Peak. Um, I wish I had put more extra new content in it. It's so juicy like, now. Play test it. Yeah, uh, I could I could do some more with it. I I have some ideas. Um, and some camera shake. Yeah. Well, some people beat like all three levels, right? Yeah. I, it's it's significantly easier now as as opposed to when uh, the demo was played at Magfest. Uh, at Magfest, we had like one person beat it on the first day, and maybe like three on the second day, and then by the end of the end of the weekend we had like maybe a dozen people yeah now it's now it's just a question of um do people have the patience to kind of relearn or you know unlearn what they've been taught in previous games to wrap their head around our mechanics because there are a lot of people that won't even get passed through like the first platform because they don't understand the idea that he has to walk through the other side of the portal to like keep walking and they constantly like jump ahead of him again and he just falls and like I don't get it. And I'm like what? It takes a while, it takes a, there's a learning curve and they're just trying to readjust to it. Um I have a question about your, about Peak. Uh does the camera follow him or does the camera just move and he follows the camera and if he gets like caught behind something it's like Super Mario 3, fuck you. You weren't fast enough. Uh he the camera follows him. The camera's okay. a a child object of him well no it's not a child object but it is following him right like just put a plop a wall like down right in front of them they have to move the thing over the wall to progress okay yeah that's what i would do yeah and i was also thinking um, maybe just like keeping him still and yeah. just people just just playing around i was trying to think it. of ways to make it because you you were complaining about how like like the left hand the left side yeah you don't like you technically you don't, don't have, you to, don't use have it. to use it yeah i was trying to think of ways to do it i was like what if there's something that's chasing you yeah, and that you can kill by like, like not like, like putting it in the wrong dimension or something. Yeah, like, like it's like, uh, like there's like the light and dark dimension. Like if you have light creatures and you kill them by putting them into the dark dimension, or I don't know, I don't know if that fits. Uh, that's the only thing I could think of. Well, there's there's things. Um, uh, I've been thinking a lot about those, like like stuff that interacts with the portal in weird right. ways. So things that exist in both worlds or things that get manipulated somehow when they touch it. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like, if, if like the pitfalls or enemies are like organic or if it's like, cause I was thinking of using like a lot of environmental hazards, so, like avalanches, falling stalactites, things like that. Um, cause I think that kind of fits the aesthetic more mm-hmm. of this kind of solitary kind of thing. But I don't know. I have to mess with it. It's just, I need to take the time to actually do it. Yeah. And like design something and then put it in there and determine like, ah, oh, this looks like shit. And then re- redo the way it looks. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. People, people always respond well to it. It would be cool if there were like loops. Um, so like in the green world, it would loop forever unless you did something specific in the yellow world to like unlock something in the green world. Oh, like, uh, like Mario Bowser castles. Like the uh, doors, you have to like go through. There's like these corridors. You'll have like a top, middle, and bottom, and you have to go through them in the right order to get to right. Okay, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot you can do with the idea. I just, <laughs> I applied to the Indicade, so 
we'll see if I get into mm. the Smithsonian. The Indian oh, yeah. is that is that over? The application? Yeah. No, it's due Saturday. Oh damn! I guess I'm getting a build together. Yeah. You have to send them a build. You just send them a link. So I just sent you them might, to the... for a second round. You might have to send a build, but for now, it's so I just sent them a, a link to the to a, the a gameplay video. Yeah. Well, a video and well, you can, it's optional if you want to send them a build right now, oh, okay. but it might become required. So cool, man! I'm gonna apply to that. It's a single page form. You just go on their website and it yeah. sends you to a Google form. It has all the stuff on. They, you, they just want like a gameplay video and like cool. a link to the game or something. So like the major things they want, I think they want like a paragraph description, um, a basically a tweet. They want a 120 character description, and then like an actual full body paragraph description. Okay. And then uh, I remember the big thing that stuck out is what makes your game unique? What's special about your game? Uh-huh. So I talked about like the way, way the mechanic is um, unorthodox. And so it causes people to have to yeah. readjust their thinking. So something. Oh, well, damn. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. I need to apply to that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was stressing out about it too. Cause I was like, did you do it, Moment? Mm hmm. Did you do it well? Hell no. <laughs> oh. I was. I, I need to get in touch with Chris. That's for judging. Yeah, yeah. Judge. Yeah, I want to judge it. Yeah, he didn't send you an email. No. Oh. He talked at Magfest. He sent me an email. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not that special. Uh-oh. No. <laughs> uh No. No. But there is something else coming up in a weekish. Oh, Ludum Dare. Yeah. Ludum Dare. Ludum Dare. Loot those dares. Loot them dares. Loot loot the dares. Loot dairy. Lucho dairy. Uh, are you are are all you guys coming? Yeah, that's the plan, Stan. Hopefully, I'll finish something this time. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) I was saying it before. I like Sam's idea of like, all right, just scope it in terms of line count. You just (laughs) cap a line count in your code. That's a good way to Sam. That would probably work pretty well because he. What do you That's mean? What, I mean, Global Game Jam, you said you wrote like 2,000 lines. Yeah, because I wrote that stupid like AI pathfinding thing, and that was yeah. the whole game, and that just ended up being insane. Um, yeah, I was I was like being facetious when I said that. I feel like if you just end up doing line count, you'll you'll just end up trying to justify your like a, either a justify another line to yourself, mm-hmm. or be like, I really need this thing and try and make it work on one line. And then you just have unreadable code. Well, yeah, I didn't mean it like as as rigid as that, but it was kind of like, okay, maybe like if I look at the scoping in terms of like how much coding I, I need to do, totally, maybe everything else will fall in place easier as opposed to like, oh, I want to do this idea. And then like I get halfway through, I'm like, ah, shit, this is way over scoped, but I'm already in it. So let's keep going. What I'm thinking of doing this time um, is... You, got, you guys know eight, that Pico 8 I'm thinking Pico about doing Pico 8. 8 It's been a minute since I messed with Pico <laughs> 8 um, Shoot, I should do Pico 8 uh, But do you guys know that That website 300 Game Designs? Oh yeah yeah. I think I'm just gonna like Look through that for ideas After I'm after I'm done After they announce the theme And see if anything sticks And then just like start building it Like spend a very small amount of time On the idea phase this time Instead of like a big long time on the idea phase and just see mm-hmm. if how that works. Um, if like an idea can be made better through iteration rather than just having like a really good one from the outset, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. I just want something that looks good. 
I don't care if it's a guy jumping over another guy. Just make it look good. That that was a goal for one of my Ludum Dares, and it turned out pretty well. Just make a pretty game. Yeah, or yeah, because like the, my previous games were uh, they're just ugly. Was that the what was the pinball one? Interball. Yeah. Interball. I just use squares and circles. I really like that. But I I try to make it look good above all else, and then gameplay was kind of secondary. Yeah. Well, let's make a dating sim pinball game. In Pico 8. In Pico 8. <laughs> yeah. Pico, I think I've seen some Pico 8 dating sims. I think it's a good platform for it. Yeah, it would be actually. Yeah. yeah. Good platform for dating. Can't wait for the Pico. Did Tind- you guys see what I in, in the Pico 8 <laughs> there was, channel um, on the Slack today? Yeah, that was pretty Oh sweet. my God. Eli, <laughs> Eli wrote a, a, a Blender file importer for Pico 8. <laughs> <laughs> what? Jesus. Yeah. Well... I can take models, or I guess that's the point of the script is to convert a model yeah. somehow to the yeah, yeah. It converts well, yeah. a you, Blender model you to like, a uh, the th- a 3D render in right. Pico Eight. Yeah, but there's no like actual 3D in Pico Eight. It's just faking it. Well, there's no actual 3D in any game. Yeah, Dylan. Audio so <laughs> shaking my head. It's <laughs> like a depth buffer and the stuff. math. Right. The math in, in in his thing is the same as in you know Assassin's Creed. Right, but like. In, in in a 3D game engine, that Pico 8 is not built for you to perceive. Right. Pico 8 3D. doesn't have a built-in depth buffer. Right, right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we're all gonna be Pico 8 devs by the like end of it. It almost kinda, it, it started happening. Like I made a little bit of a platformer yeah. the other day after Sam did his Pico 8 tutorial. We're gonna stream our Pico 8 de- builds on on Twitch. Man, I might do house Pico 8 Pico 8 house. Pico 8 is on still yeah. on a lot of those you need library to make a Pico computers. 8 game before it coming in. Oh yeah. So. Still installed. Wait, wait, yeah. a Pico 8 game before we move in? No, before you're allowed to work or step into this uh, house. You have to make a Pico 8 game? You have to make <laughs> a Pico, Pico 8, 8 game. game. Yeah, it what? can be a, it can be like a dumb thing. Anything, but what constitutes anything. a game? Anything. Yeah. What's it has to be interactive. interactive. That's okay. it. <laughs> Hello world, click button. Hello world. Well, that's all right. Well, that's, a, that's game. a game. That has interactions. Player agency. A little, a little. You could choose not to click the button. You could choose not to click the button. And just then you would not be saying hello to a, anyone. Make a demake exactly. of Very everything nice called thing. nothing. It just clears Ooh. the screen. <laughs> yeah. Whatever's on the screen, oh, man, it just clears it. I would totally it. do an everything joke for Ludum Dare. That would <laughs> yeah. be so good. <laughs> I guess if you, you could do procedural kind of stuff. But. Maybe. All right, last thing. How do you pronounce LD? Ludum Dare. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, Uh-oh. I don't want to take a side on this. Say it. <laughs> I, I'm just going to go with Ludum, uh, <laughs> just end it. You're making this way harder than it needs to be. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't like taking a hard stance on this issue. All right. Moment. Um, I think Raiden would ask, did you say LD? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's that's a good answer. It's pronounced Lumdari. Just to clarify, I'm gonna go with Dare. Oh! I'm gonna go. He was with just the... waiting to see what the consensus yeah, was. The... He just wanted I'm to be going... contrarian. Well, no, I'm I'm actually going with the populist answer. I think with this, is that the populist answer? I think so. That's that's Mike Crasher Prasher Patrick Patrick's. <laughs> no, Mike says a lot of Dare. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> it's all broken. All right, we're shutting it down. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Sam. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming back. Uh huh. Will. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Hope you're feeling better. Uh, I do already. Good. Moment.
Thanks, Dylan. Two in a row. Two in a row. Two in a row. You won't make it three. Have you even posted the other one yet? No. Okay. <laughs> was the other one from Pixel Fest? No, it was for Zelda. It was the Zelda one we did last week. Mm. Yeah, I'm building that buffer, man. All right. It'll be up by the end of this week. All right. Oh, yeah, the buffer. Dylan died two years ago. And we're, <laughs> you're just listening to this now. It's true. Yeah. He got early copies of Zelda and all these games. <laughs> this so. is all just speculation. <laughs> right now, it's just a voice font. <laughs> that's, that's actually possible. This is Nowadays like Metal is. Gear Solid 2 territory now. <laughs> we should just make a podcast where we all... Didn't make, we shut it down already? No. No, I'm, I'm, I'm turning it back on. We should just make voice fonts <laughs> for like ourselves. trying to say goodbye to your Italian grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. All right, fine. Voice fonts. Arrivederci. <laughs> <laughs>